session tonight. I would like everyone to roll initiative now because <laughs> I am expecting us to be in and out of combat so much that I would rather no initiative beforehand. And you may use boons to re-roll initiative. Okay. Um, or other, like you can make a creative case for why you want to roll initiative. But in general, I'm just expecting us to spend a lot of our time in initiative order. So I'd love to just know that now and put it on this here whiteboard so that can I, I can <laughs> keep track chat. of that chat, Can I get a boon? Can I get a boon chat? Can I, <laughs> I get a boon can chat? I get a boon? Can I get a boon? Let's start with uh, 15 to 20. I know Wash is a 15. Anybody else 15 to 20? I'm 17. Plus, okay. well, wait, wait, do I, and I add the initiative? Yes. Yeah, initiative bonus. Okay, yep. so then it's uh, 22. 22 nice. for Savage Tempest. Hitman's got his reflexes. What's Jeb, up, you're up, a 15. Do we have any 10 to 14s? Can I get a boon? I need a boon. <laughs> do we have any 5 to 10s? Boon me, baby. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Give me a second. Alan, what's yours? Give me yours? a second. I got a 3. Oh, dang. <laughs> First official roll with the new dice. Okay. So you said five to ten, including those rangers, right? Yeah, five to ten. I got, I got a five. Okay. Fox with a five. How? What are our one to one to fours? Yeah. What would you get three. though? I rolled a natural one with a plus two for a total of three. Hey, we both got three. That means All you go right. first though, because you have a better uh, dex than me. No, he goes last because he rolled a nat one. <laughs> Oh. I'm just gonna put you, you're 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 dirty three, and then his clean three. Oh, um, I mean, mine's still a dirty three. I rolled a four and have a minus one. So, dang, <laughs> this it's is just a different bad. bad. Yeah, it's yeah. just a different, different bad. bad. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. We begin our session spending time Whoa. not in the deepest, darkest dungeon. Belly says there's no boons available. Let me oh, fix no. that. Hang on. This is important. So we're not going to start until we put these back in. Y'all are going to need these. Give us our boons. We got to fill our bellies with boons. You know, if if taking a boon is a bonus action, it would be a baboon. Ha ha. You right. Stop monkeying around. Watch. Oh, right. baby. Boons have been activated. Let it be Yay. known. So, as I said, we left off last session with our party split into two places. We have Fox, Savage, and Jeb are at the top floor of a warehouse where Savage has just finished murking, literally murking a guy. Um, and they're trying to figure out what to do next before they regroup with Zothkug and Owlin, who have just gone down an elevation change machine and are have just walked into whatever is is beneath the umbral sea and i will redo that exposition for you guys so that you get all the details tonight but we're going to start up above with um our friends who have not gone down yet with jeb and fox and savage and just as a reminder we're acting in real time here so however long you take in this scene before you go down like i'm gonna make alan and zoth wait that long before introducing you into the scene oh, we don't know that them. But you, right, you don't know they're down there. I'm just, you know, for, for the players mm-hmm. to understand, um, that's, that's kind of what's happening here. So, um, in front of you, 
Beyond Savage, who I believe Fox is currently trying to help heal. That was the very last thing. Savage asked for healing and Fox said he had him covered. Um, Beyond Savage is a command center type room. There are some glowing cipher instruments on the walls. There are notepads, maps, tables with different sort of scribbles and and diagrams on them. There are locked drawers and safe boxes and things like that. And there are some large one-way windows that actually look out over the compound and mostly to the north what they see is smoke because this building's pretty close to where uh, Jebediah blew up a bunch of huge batteries in the last episode to handiwork. to the east of you look at me getting it right to the east of you is the rest of the compound sprawled out which is mostly abandoned as all of the guards have run over to the explosion and all the other workers and stuff they're trying to figure out what's going on there and then on the far side of the compound is the elevation change machine that um, Fox and Jeb left to come over here and regroup with Savage to the south it's really just wall stretching away from you so that's the situation you're in uh savage has been up the other floors of this warehouse already so there you know there's no like surprises sneaking up at you or whatever and that is the scenario we find ourselves in begin play <laughs> all right Fox, thank you for the healing yeah no Appreciate no Savage. uh uh i all right so i got this there. red flask um you can you can have it uh if you need more, okay? Okay. I, we all know that red means blood, which means healing. Yes. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll put this away for later. I'm, I'm sure it doesn't mean fire. Uh, <laughs> I really hope it doesn't mean fire. That would... Might, if, I use it, if I use it the way it's intended, <laughs> things might go wrong. <laughs> nah, what are the chances? Um, <laughs> anyway, we, 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 we need to get going. All right, Before like, we do that, um, I would like to like investigate the room a little bit fox remember the last time we saw one of these places there was like a map and like that's where we found out where this place was is that there was like uh, like a battery location or like places that we thought that the avatars were i want to kind of scour out in here and see if i can find an updated Mm -hmm. see if we can update our notes on this play on like on their operations i want to i just don't know how much time we have jeb but i i agree you're right we need we need Alan's a big boy, and he's got Zoth with him. <laughs> if he if he gets beaten down, Zoth will just heal him up. They're I'm like be the honest, perfect Chad, that, duo. That's not what I'm worried about. I'm worried if like things start coming down, you know. Yeah, man. What? When things what? start coming down, people are going to start searching the place for things. Oh, While you guys do this, I'm going to start lockpicking some of these boxes real quick. I'm going to add a dive. Uh, is there is there people like anywhere near us? Are we just saying this all out loud next to like employees? No, there's nobody near you. It's just you on the top <laughs> okay. floor. Savage has killed everybody else, so <laughs> there's there's no one else up there with you. All right. You want me to make an investigation check, Josh? I, yes, I'd like an investigation from Jebediah Peppermint, and I'd like a sleight of hand from Savage Tempest. And we'll start with Jeb, and then we'll do Savage. All right. Um, I got a six plus seven thirteen. Thirteen. All right, you find a number of things, and this is a search of the room for general stuff, or are there specific kinds of information you want? I am looking for their like any indications of their current plans. Great. So, so, so yeah, like locations, objectives, um, progress bars yep. of like you know we have just done a thing, things of that nature. Great. 
So you find a couple of things. The first thing you find is a binder that has some information in it that seems to be sort of like an operational directive for this facility, like the the general charter or the the purpose, whatever. And as you're flipping through it, you obviously you're not absorbing all of it, but as you're kind of speed reading and skimming through, you find out that this facility exists to manage something that they always refer to as the rift. And the rift requires a living moonstone dragon to function properly, which is why they've imprisoned one in the basement, um, specifically beneath the lake in Skull Cavern. There is a moonstone dragon imprisoned there, and that is part of making the rift work properly. And you aren't entirely <laughs> sure what the rift does, but that you know that's what this this facility is for. Um, you can also. You can also determine as you're reading through it that there are the batteries here are storing divine energy extracted from Larodith, the avatar of Oara, and that divine energy is being stored so that it can later be used to stabilize the rift, whatever the rift is. Um, Not so, anymore. <laughs> so that well, <laughs> yeah, at least half of those batteries are no longer available for that function because you blew them up. Um, the other thing that you find is laying on the ground, you find a spent cipher that after some analysis you can determine was a cipher of message. You don't know what the message was. Um, now let's jump over to Savage Tempest. You did some lock picking. Tell me what you yeah. got. Oh, um, huh. I got a 11. You got an 11. Okay, it takes you a while to get through, probably like 10 or 11 minutes, but these are like their highly classified documents, so it's not it's not entirely unreasonable for them to just have a really good lock in place here. And you finally get into one of these filing cabinets, and there's only one file in it. And at first, that's really disappointing, but when you pull it out, it is marked Military Progress. And when you open that, that manila folder, inside there is a map of all of Udril, and on the left side, you can see that a whole bunch of it is covered in red X's and circles and stuff that kind of indicate the progress of an army beginning in the tiefling nation of Hishala and kind of sweeping down towards central Urida. They've covered most of um, western Urida, and they're about to kind of push into central. There's a red circle around Aspesh, which is a central human nation, but it hasn't branched out anywhere. From what you can tell, the army is in Aspesh, but has not begun doing any kind of conquest. And then on the eastern side of the map, there is a circle around the area north of this facility, like far north of this facility, um, and in it has just been handwritten goat folk, and there's a date underneath of it, and the date is three weeks from today. Well, Jeb, come look at this. This might be useful information to you guys, not to me, but it looks like it's almost in correlation to what's on the table. Yeah, um, I put the binder in my backpack and I take a look at it. So does, wait, does that mean that these goat folk are going to be there in three weeks from today? Like, is that a destination? It almost seems like it. The, the, it seems that there's already people stationed at this one right here but i also remember seeing plans like this when i was doing some snooping around in the warehouse um josh can i yeah can i roll just to keep an eye out while we're all talking about this yeah perception like just to be on watch basically yeah certainly danger 
Um, just so you know, I, I rolled a fantastic, unbelievable, awesome six. Okay. Uh, you are keeping watch, and you are doing as good a job as you think you can do. Uh, what, what, what's going on with goat people? I think they're attacking, or at least... Hmm. What? Well, that's three weeks. Um, do, do I recognize any landmarks if I compare my map to, uh, to this map here where that mark is checked? Um, for the goat folk? Yeah. They're north of Oat. North of Oat. Those of you watching us actually live on Twitch, you can see in the background of our stream overlay is the map of Urida. Oat is up there on the top right. You can see it right next to the Wingle Digit counter. So we're talking about north of there in that sort of greenery area. I don't know of anything up there. Um, yeah, I mean... I've never been this far east, man. <clears throat> Unless, I mean... Hmm. I've never heard of them, actually. Have you ever been up, or I've seen one up close? I've not, I've not. But what concerns me is, as far as tactics are concerned, it looks like these uh, this this army on the west front is kind of starting at the north and swooping around down to the east. I wonder if this is going to start up in the northeast and swoop down through Oat and... Like the other cities, like if it's going to do like the same sort of maneuver. Are they sweeping and then all converging together for a final sweep? I've added a second die to the tension pool. Like. Uh, I don't know. Also, to interpret like. more of what you're seeing, you could roll insight to try and get um, Let's do that. a little bit of a sense yeah, of what they might be using that. this for. Do we all do it? No, one of you can do it. All right, Jeb got it. 16 16 based Ooh. on the positioning of the two armies that are not moving you're pretty sure everything will converge on rust free okay yeah it sounds like uh what you're thinking savage is that they're doing some sort of sweeping pincer maneuver converging on rust free considered stainless um, now right Yes, sorry, okay, it would cool. be considered stainless now. I just wanted to make oh, sure yeah. there wasn't any crazy political event that happened that <laughs> I don't know about. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Rust free, is there is there anything of a major importance here? I don't know of anything around there. I think Alwyn and his uh buddies back in the day, like there when he was in the army, did some stuff through there. So maybe maybe we can ask about him later. Um Maybe we should go find him. I'm going to, I'm going to, Fox, let's pat these guys down. They look important. Maybe they've got some important stuff on them and then let's get out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me go check real quick. Um, I'm going to just go quickly and check, just check yeah. pockets real quick. Um, go for it. Investigation, I'm guessing. Yes, please. 16. 16. All right. Uh, there are three people in the room. One of them was Savage's mark. You don't find anything on that person. The other two people are some sort of commanding officers. You don't know private security goons well enough to recognize ranks, but they're obviously like a supervisory type position. And okay. you find a couple of what I would call like generic loot, you know, TM on them. Um, you find a another flask with some red liquid that kind of glints when you swirl it. Okay. And you find a um, three D10 wingle digits, which you can roll to determine how many you have. And then on the other one, 
you find a a small round object. Um, it appears to be some kind of alchemical creation. Like it's not it's not a cipher, but it's some kind of round object that's actually a little bit sticky when you touch it. Um, and there's a small metal pin sticking out the center of it. And lastly, you find well, okay. a, you find a key that looks like it might go to one of the filing cabinets in this room that Savage has not opened yet. So, so wait, you said a round, sticky object with a metal pin in it. Yes, that's exactly what I said. Uh, <laughs> I said what I but said. You can't sticky it. Okay, uh, can I can I roll to intuit that it's dangerous to pull the metal pin? You don't need to roll to intuit <laughs> that it would be dangerous to pull the pin, but if you'd like to figure out what it does, you can roll Arcana, Mister Bard. <laughs> um, Josh. Yes. I wasn't in here, but Wash is curious if uh, Savage's Mark still has the expended uh, magic missile cipher that he burned on him. Yeah, he does. All right, I'm going to um, go ahead and I got a 14. What do I know? All right. You've actually heard of these before, but you don't know what they do. It's called a Tangler Grenade. But when you bring it up to the room, Savage knows exactly what they do in his line of work. A tangler grenade is an alchemical, non-magical item with a resin shell that will shatter on impact. As an action, you can throw it up to 60 feet, and each creature within 10 feet must succeed on a saving throw or be restrained by spider webs that fling out of it. As an action, they can try to free themselves with a successful DC 20 strength check. Ooh. A gallon of alcohol will dissolve the web's... Uh, in one round, or they dissolve on their own after an hour. So, so it's dwarves a, are immune. It's a so just a normal night for me. <laughs> yeah, so it's a non-lethal way of restraining them. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> Amazing. So one hour, one hour or alcohol will disable? Yeah. Okay. Alcohol At 10 feet. Will disable? Or... Yeah, 10 foot radius, so that's a range of 20 feet really around it. Okay. 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 Which fine. I just wanted to mark all that down. Sorry. <laughs> that's um, a real item, by the way, that's in like D and D source. So if you just write Tangler Grenade, you can Google it later, and it will pull up all those those pieces of oh, information. Oh. Okay. 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 So I'm gonna go ahead and use that key then. Okay. Uh, you use that key on another filing cabinet. It doesn't take long to find the right one. Savage has already opened another one. So anyway, you narrow it down which one it is. You open it up and um, you find a couple of different like handwritten notes and journal entries and stuff. Most of it is really boring, like supervisor stuff, like shift change at this hour and whatever, you know, marking stuff that has happened. But you do find a couple of useful things. One of them is a diagram where it looks like someone was trying to kind of mentally take notes on a presentation or piece together how something worked. It's a drawing okay. of the umbral C um, from profile okay. view, looking at it from the side. And you can see in right. the center of the umbral C, there is an arcane sigil. And then the word Lerodith has been written over top of it, like suspended in the water. Lerodith. Yeah. Okay. Um, Lerodith being the avatar of Aura. Jeb, I... I think I found where the avatar is. 
Where's that? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and place it down on the table. Avatar. What's an avatar? It's a really bad book they wrote, you know, a while back. It was supposed to be an adaptation of an oral story, and it just it just didn't really go well. And I don't think they've made any sequel since. Got jokes? Huh? Can I roll perception? <laughs> what are you trying to see? If he's lying, <laughs> uh, that would be an insight check to determine if he's lying. Oh, I guess insight. <laughs> Fox, if you'd like to deceive him, you can try deception to pull it off. I'm I'm rolling deception. I think that was a great joke. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) I got 26. I I got, uh, ooh, you know what? I also got in the 20s. You know what I got? 21. I failed. Um, (laughs) You know he's joking. I'm not going to pressure you. I'm just curious. That's all. It's it's a it's a whole. I, I mean, I, I mean, okay. If we, mm, Jeb, it's going to take thing, too long. But we it's can important move on. that we find them. We got to go. <laughs> yes, it's where, where where is it going? Where where, where are we going, uh, Fox? Uh it's dead center of the the water. Um, okay, okay. So remember that uh, elevation change machine we were by? Right, right. I I would have to assume that it has to lead to somehow to be able to get there. Cause like nobody can reach that, but in order to set up the trap or whatever they did, there has to be a, some way to reach it. Right. Like there has to be a way to maintain it. So I assume like we have to go down cause it's, it's underneath the ocean. And I, I don't know if going through the water is our best, you know, knowing water with our whole thing, I don't think we should be swimming. Okay. Okay. I'm adding All a third right. die to the tension pool. Oh, real um, quick, Josh, real question. Yep. Um, when Fox healed me, am I back to full health or? Uh, well, or... unless you drank that potion he gave you, he didn't actually do any healing. Like, that's what that was the healing he gave you. You said you were going to save it for later. So right now you haven't recovered anything. Oh, word. OK, never mind. Go on. Um. Okay, we, you're right. Times of the essence. We have. Is there anything else we can grab from here? Because we we gotta go. I was just curious what was in these lockers. So nothing here is of interest to me. No, gr- grab that map. Um, roll up what you can. I'm grabbing this binder so we can see more about their stuff. Um, it's probably gonna be dark down there. Uh, Fox, do you have your loop on? Um. Sorry, out of character, I'm writing notes. What did you, what did you say? Your, your loop. The thing that lets you, like, punch through space and... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You said that, like, helps Sorry. you see in the dark, right? Um, yeah, no. Uh, here, wait, give me, give me one second. Make sure it's, just make sure it's on, and then we gotta go. Because it's probably gonna be dark down there. I, I always leave all my stuff at the bottom of the bag. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have my torch oh, that... if needed. Okay. okay, okay, I got it. I got it on. I got it on. All right. All right. I picture Jeb as having like the photography bag with all the little dividers in it. And everything has its exact spot. And then Fox has yes. like the drawstring Nike bag where everything's just like rattling around in there. So every time yeah. he needs something, it takes him like a minute and a half to find it. I don't understand okay. how you how you keep like make an organizational system. It's not difficult. You just have like little pouches inside or something. 
I, I, I it, we can't, we can't go about good. this right now, okay? We don't have time, and perhaps I mean, we'll never we're... have time to go over my organizational skills and how bad they are. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it's on the list. Let's go. Hup, 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 hup. <laughs> All right. I'm following Jeb. Yep. I'm Where out. are you going to? We are finding the quickest route to the elevation change machine that we saw previously. Okay. Um, you are doing that. As they head over towards the elevation change machine, we cut downstairs to Ooh. Alan Wadrier and Zothkug Hibbub. The two of you emerge from the elevation change machine into a dim, green, shimmery room. Uh, as you're kind of taking in what you see, you realize that the light is filtering through the umbral sea, which is above you, into a sort of crystalline cavern. It's almost like a tunnel that's been dug out by some creature, and there's no sound except for the sound you bring in with you. Your footsteps reverberating back at you sound like, you know, the slap of, of pen on paper, of hammer on nail, of any kind of percussive noise you can think of. It's very abrasive. And so you kind of stop and you sit still and you just take it in, looking around you. The walls are made of some kind of crystal material that sparkles like stars in that green shimmery light as it kind of wavers and moves through the umbral sea above you. And as you're taking all this in, you realize it's really, really cold, like 10 degrees Fahrenheit type cold. And you both roll a constitution save. Ooh. Ah. Uh. Oh. 17 uh, for me. 23 for me. All right. Neither of you are affected, but you get the sense that over time, you may occasionally need to re-roll this save to continue being unaffected. Okay. Now that you're sort of taking in the room, you stop noticing the construction and you start noticing the space. You are standing in what honestly looks a little bit like a like a dining room. The elevation change machine behind you is like obviously you have broken it and so it's plummeted down to the ground. But where it landed, there's like a nice sort of draped curtain that can be closed over it to mask it from view. And then the room you're in is sort of circular and it has a round table in the center draped in a shimmering silvery tablecloth that glints and glimmers in the reflected light just like the walls do. And on that table, there's a little teapot and several little, um, little glasses and saucers around it, mugs and saucers. All of them are kind of gem-encrusted and fancy-looking, but not in the way where it's like, this was wrought by a master. It almost looks like those little kids' art projects where it's like, glue the tiny gems onto the thing, and you, like, make a... It's, like, haphazard. Um, There's a door to your left and a door to your right, and then in front of you, through the crystalline wall, you can see down into a cavern that, for one, is massive, but for two, it's shaped like a skull resting on its side. You would be down by the throat or the mouth, and then the other end from you would be the top of the head. So as it's resting on its side, you can see two sort of dents into the far side of the cavern that would be like the eyes stacked on top of each other. And then you're again where like the jaw would be sort of in that, that range. And it looks like the tunnels to the left and right of you maybe extend, they look like they're curving just a little bit so that it might kind of maybe make a ring the whole way around this cavern looking through it's not a perfect view into the room 
you know, the crystal walls do some weird refracty things with the light. It's, um, it's not a, a, you know, super clear sight, but you can definitely see down there a dragon laying on the ground, unconscious, imprisoned in an arcane sigil, just like the one you saw around Garlel at the fallen library. And sitting in front of that dragon is a drow with purple hair and teal eyes who is looking up towards you. She sits cross-legged with two swords sheathed on her back in an X. And as you look down at her and make eye contact, Mavira stands up, draws the two swords, one of them glowing in an icy blue and the other flaring into a fiery hot red. And she stands just ready, waiting for you. There is no way down that you can see in this room. So however you get down there, you'll have to find that means. But for the moment, this is the scenario in which you find yourselves. And you know what that means? It means it's story time at the Wing Badger Tavern, and we will be right back after this sick bumper. (laughs) Sinir, Garantelus, Kotex, Awara. Long ago, the four ancients created a world in harmony. Then, everything changed when the chat emped magic. Only Kelnor, master of good vibes, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. Two years have passed, and four adventurers have discovered a conspiracy, a company selling magic. And although their roleplay is great, they have a lot of XP to earn before they're ready to save anyone. But I believe they can save the world. Let's meet our characters for the evening. We're going to start at the top and go left to right. Hey, I'm Wash. I play Jebediah Peppermint, the molefolk gun wizard. I'm going to die. Tonight's the night. I'm going <laughs> to die. What's going on? I'm Sir T-Sav. I'm playing Savage Tempest, the wood elf ranger. Um, I, I, I'm with Jeb. I, I don't, I don't think I'm doing well. If I don't drink this red liquid, I'm done. Hi, I'm Jake. I play Alan Woodrear, the Azamar Barbarian Artificer. And, uh, I too am li- really intrigued as to how tonight's going to go. All I know is I'm going to get to test out my new flamethrower. <laughs> Hello, I am Trevor. I play Zofka Kibbub, the one who will keep everyone from dying. And hello, I am Matt. I play Fox, who is guaranteed going to have this all in the bag. I'm sure there will be no problems, <laughs> no issues. What's the worst? It'll be unorganized. Happen? It'll be unorganized. It's it will be a little plot organized. armor, guys. Praying <laughs> for plot armor. Just a little and, unorganized. And I'm Josh, your Wing Badger Game Master, here to guarantee you that my players do not have plot armor. And I've brought a very <laughs> special something with me to this stream. I don't know if you can read what this says. This is a stein that is labeled the tears of my players that I've brought <laughs> with me to tonight's Dungeons & Dragons session. Outfitting. I'm going to pour tonight's drink for the tavern within the tavern into my stein, so that way we're, we can both drink out of steins. Stein bros. Stein! Yeah. Stein bros bagel company. Well, now I, now <laughs> I need a stein. Mine's right behind me. If we die before the tavern within the tavern, you can just pour one out for the boys. That's there right. you go. Out for the there boys. you go. <laughs> he just literally dumps it on his desk. <laughs> All right. Let's play Dungeons yeah. & Dragons. That means we're Jumping back into the crystalline cavern with Owlin and Zothkug. Begin play. So, um, um for it, sorry. You go. 
Okay, uh, Alan is going to touch the wall nearest to him and see whether that crystalline surface is actually ice. It's not ice. It's cold and, and not quite smooth to the touch. Like, it hasn't been okay. worked, but it's very solid. It You know, it's it's slightly coarse, like, like concrete-type texture. Okay. But, yeah, it, it's like some kind of actual crystal rock thing. Okay, well, it, at least we know that we'll be structurally sound in case any explosions happen, or at least more structurally sound than if this was made of ice. Uh, Zavka, uh, like, folk laser-focused on Mavira, just stares her, postures up to her, like, reaches behind him, and just pulls out his pot and just stares at her. <laughs> uh, and then puts it back on, turns around, goes over, and shuts the curtain to the elevator. Or the elevation change machine. Okay. Uh, do you have any preference as to whether to try left or right? What's with this tea set? This tea set? Well, I my guess is there's more pressing matters to attend to, Alan. will kind of, like, point his head at, like, the dragon and Mavira. Um, I, I, I'm not really sure. I think that's something we can check out afterwards. Can I investigate it real quickly? Is it full? Uh, yes, there is liquid in the teapot. Can I try and discern what liquid is in the pot? Smells like tea. Uh, How many cups are there? Four. Uh, Can I pour uh, tea for the two of us? Sure. You can definitely pour tea for the two of you. We got to stay warm, Alan. Ah, that... Alan's going to, like, grab his teacup and, like, give give Zoth, like, an interesting eyebrow, like... Well, I've never doubted you before. And he'll kind of like bring it up like cheers. Cheers. And then clink it. And then he'll down it. Each of you gets one hour of resistance to cold. Aha! Okay. Bro, I was about to say (laughs) middle of battle. (laughs) Yeah, middle of battle. And and, and Zoth is just like, but it's tea time. (laughs) All right. um, I do not have a preference for left or right. Well, let's uh, let's take left. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll go we'll, left. Yeah, we'll go down down the left passageway. Exceptional. You go down the left passageway, and each of you rolls a d8. Oh, that's fun. That's how much gold you get. <laughs> I got a five. Wait. You got a five. I got an eight. All right. So you, who is leading? The hallway's not, like, cramped, but it's not quite wide enough for you to walk side by side. Alan is leading, yep. Okay, Alan leads, and Alan, you go around the bend of this sort of crystalline pathway, that same green, shimmery, dim lighting sort of surrounding you with shadows that play off the walls, almost dancing, and you find yourself in... It looks like some kind of sleeping quarters. It's slightly bigger than the last room you were in, but there are a number of like blanket nests woven from strange fuchsia, ultramarine, and primrose plants that are kind of resting on the ground at different spaces. And as you're kind of just, you know, spinning in place, taking all this in, you realize Zothkug is not with you. Zoth, you Ooh. follow Owlin around the bend. He goes around the bend. You take one step around the bend, and you find yourself in a room with a floor of sand. The, um, the, the 
walls of this room have little shelves of crystal jutting out of them. And on each shelf, there is a gem-encrusted pitcher, just like there was in the tea room, but these ones are filled with water. And this room is lit brightly, as if by the sun, even though you can't see the sun. It also, like, feels a little bit warmer than the other rooms did, like a, you know, like a casual 40 or 50 degrees kind of warmth. Okay. Are the, um... Is it all four walls that are have these shelves? Yes, but then directly across from you, there is an exit. And Alan, same thing. Directly across from you, there's an exit. So basically, each room has one entrance and one exit because they're all conjoined. Okay. Is the water in the pitcher salt or fresh? The water in the pitcher is fresh. And actually, as you take like just a little taste of it, it's like the most pure, refreshing water you've ever tasted. I'm going to... How many pitchers are there? There's 13. <laughs> Can I take... Uh, I'm going to take one, water the plant with it, then I'm going to grab two and walk out and see if I can find Alan. Okay. When you water the plant with it... Um, the Okay, so you water the plant with it, and then as you turn back to the wall to replace the pitcher, there's like a little puff of sort of wind comes off of the shelf and it brings with it just a little bit of snow lit kind of warmly red as if at sunset the snow lands on the sand and kind of melts in place oh does anything happen when i take the other two pictures no, although as you've now spent a little bit more time in the room, you start to realize that maybe the little shelves that are jutting out of the walls, they might be in some kind of intentional order. And looking even closer at them, you realize that they all have the same little inscription written on them. Um, mm. They have a little inscription on them that says, take these to leave your name to take these to leave. Take these to leave your name. To take these, leave. To take these to leave. To take these to leave. I'm gonna jump back to Alan for a second. Alan, you're yep. in this sort of nest room. Yeah, Alan's gonna first try to backtrack um, to the where he last saws off. Okay, so you turn around and like go back around the the bend. Yeah. Okay, roll a d8. Okay. Two. Two. Uh, you walk into a room that smells like whatever Alan's favorite food of all time is. What's that favorite oh, food? Oh, he loves a new, fresh, warm roll of bread mm. uh, with uh, like cinnamon butter spread atop it. Mm, same. Me too. You walk into a room that smells just like a freshly baked roll of bread with cinnamon butter spread on it. And it's got, it's actually a food pantry. So as you've walked in, you kind of realize, you know, there are little closets with different um, foods in them. And then growing on the walls, there are a number of climbing vine plants with fresh vegetables growing off of them. Interesting. Alan's going to, (laughs) um, he's going to backtrack again. Okay. And see if that leads him to the to the room he was just at. He he suspects probably not. Yep. Five. Five. It takes you Ooh. back to that same sleeping quarters area. Interesting. Okay. So he's going to backtrack halfway, like just kind of get into the hallway 
Okay. He's going to then he's going to wind up his little tinker toy soldier guy and send him forward okay. with a, and stand back for like 10 seconds until he gets out of sight and then follow him. OK, so you've sent little tinker toy forwards. I'm going to yep. roll tinker toys D8. You can roll a D8 for you. Okay. Eight. And tinker toy gets a two all right so alan okay you <laughs> zothkug you've just um read the inscriptions when alan walks in the other end of the room alan you find yourself in a room with a nice sandy floor and these gem encrusted pitchers sitting on little well, crystal in the opposite that are jutting way. out of the wall and um and zothkug standing there like you know holding two pitchers in his hands and then Alan will look around for his little tinker toy. The tinker toy is not in here. Okay. There you are. Where'd you go? Uh, I went to a couple different rooms. I believe these hallways are enchanted. Um, mm. And I think uh, my little toy soldier getting lost. Uh, I think which I is figured out this one. Quite sad uh, is a sign of that. Oh, yes. Uh, tell me. Because, yeah, it, my guess would be it would be some sort of puzzle in order to actually escape this little loop of so, rooms here. There's this inscription here that says, take these. To leave your name, to take these to leave. Hmm. So take these. Yes. We take all of the pictures. We pour the water onto the sand, and we spell our name in it, like out of the wet sand. Hmm. It's worth a try. That's what I'm going to do. Alan will take a couple pictures, and uh, whenever Zoth is ready, try to spell his name out with the water. You pour in the water. You pour all the water out, spelling your names, and it evaporates unnaturally fast. Mm. Nothing else happens. The pitchers do not refill if you set them back on the wall. And then if we try to go to a door, what happens? Uh, you can roll a d8. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it doesn't seem like anything different happened. Okay. So mm. now there's no water? Now there's no water in the pitchers. There's still just the little inscriptions that say, take these... Um, take these to leave your name to take these to leave. Do you think there's a way to spell our names? Maybe it's not our literal name. That's also a possibility. Can you refresh me on what else is in the room? There are little shelves jutting out of the walls that have the gem-encrusted pitchers on them. It's all the same crystal material. They're not installed shelves, but just little ledges that the walls have in them with Mm -hmm. the pitchers resting on them. There's a door at the one end and a door at the other end. And And did I come in the same dorm Zoth came in, or did I come in the opposite door? came in opposite from Zoth. Interesting. And the, um, the room is warm and brightly lit. As if by the sun, even though you can't see the sun. Mm. Is the shelving climbable? Yeah, I mean, it would support you. The walls are like thick rock. Okay. It's just a clear kind of crystal material. And you can still see looking through the wall, like to the central cavern, you can still see the dragon laying on the floor and Mavira kind of just, you Mm. know, in there prowling around. Yeah. Does it seem like we're any closer than we just were? Uh, You are just further around Skull Cavern than where you were before. Interesting. Interesting. Um, However, I'm going to investigate the sand. I would like Alan to roll a perception and Zothkug okay. roll an investigation for your sand. Alan did not roll well. Uh, six. Okay. 
something weird happens to your vision as you move along the wall looking into the cavern, but it's mm. really, it's like a really quick thing. And so it doesn't persist and you're not quite sure what happened. Zoth, what did you get? 13. Uh, 13. Okay. Zoth, as you're examining the sand, you find sort of like covered in sand as if it's been left laying there for a while and forgotten about. There's a small wooden rake, like a little Zen rake. Ooh, I'm going to rake out my name in the sand. Okay, you rake out your name in the sand. It disappears really, really and naturally quickly, but does not, um, it doesn't like stay or seem to change anything. Huh. I found this rake. I seem to... Soth, come over here. I When you look out into the cavern and then step to the left or right, what do you... Do you notice anything different? I will do that. Um, do I notice anything? So you're just walking, like... Where Alan told me to walk and look. That was all in the room still? Sorry, Alan, say your thing again. I was working on I'm having him chat. do what I'm having him what I do what I just did where like looking out into the distance, then kind of Got walk it. across the wall to see if anything looks different. Zoth, make a perception check. Oop, 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 oop. 27. Uh, OK, you realize as you're walking along the wall every now and then when you look at just the right angle through the like shimmering sort of crystalline walls towards the center you no longer see Mavira and the dragon. Instead, you see like a white sort of cotton material where the floor of Skull Cavern was. And you see a woman with like wavy sort of shining golden hair laying in the place of the dragon. And then it sort of fades back again as you move to, you know, to the left or the right and you're seeing the same room. And this doesn't happen at just one spot. This happens, you know, sort of just periodically as you're walking around. It's like a certain angle of refraction through the crystal walls makes it look totally different. Could I roll like a history to see if the figure is recognizable? Sure. Ooh, 25. 25. Nice. Uh, you are pretty sure that you at some point in your, I don't know, research as a cleric or your history of the world type studies, you may have come across a depiction of the dragon who's supposed to live here, Andromeda the Silver Star, um, and that when she appears in her humanoid form, she appears as a woman with like nearly translucent skin, and golden freckles and wavy blonde hair that like shine actual starlight is shining out of it. And this looks like it could be her. Hmm. I will relay everything I've seen to Alan. Interesting. So the, the walls allow for an interesting viewing that may perhaps we're viewing through. I don't know if planes is the right word. Well, perhaps because this is supposed to be a place where, the Feywild and the our our plane are very close. Perhaps that allows for us to see things in different perspective. Either way, I don't know if that pertains to us escaping this room at this very moment. You said you found a rake. Yes. Hmm. Um. Is there anything different about the ceiling? Uh, the ceiling in this room, I mean, it's still looking the same direction, but you can't see through it to see the ocean because it's so bright as if the sunlight was coming through it. Okay. 
are there any markings on these pitchers or shelves that ha- like differentiate them or uh yeah like particular. make okay hmm. and each shelf has the same thing written on it yeah take these to leave your name to take these to leave at this moment in time i'm going to cut back to jebediah peppermint savage tempest and fox you have made it to the elevation change machine. You've done a great job of kind of weaving around the guards and ducking your heads when you need to and stuff so that you don't draw any attention to yourselves. However, you arrive at the elevation change machine and you find that the door has been broken open, like the padlock on it has been severed by something, and the machine is gone. And when you lean over and look down the uh, sort of shaft that it travels up and down, you can't see the whole way to the bottom. Like it just goes down into the darkness. Wait, wait, wait. The elevation change machine we went to, was it the side of the exploded batteries? Yes. Oh, Did you mean to okay. go to the other one? That was my thought, but I know Jeb was leading the way. Sorry, guys. Uh, I didn't know we were heading to the other one. I didn't realize this one was broken. I probably broke it when I blew this thing up, and I didn't think about that. But... Here we are. So uh, we're dealing with it. I we can't see the bottom, Jeb. I don't. I can see. Like, how far does it go down? I've got 120 feet of dark vision. It goes further than that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess this rope's not going to do. So this isn't a problem um, for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wizards Jeb, be are like, you, are you thinking? Don't you? We're not doing. We already went. An entire, we're not, we don't, nobody's here strong enough. We can't do it again. Oh, no, I, I can't do it again. Why? <laughs> Josh, can I do a, can I do a, um, an insight check for, uh, <laughs> to see if there's like a stairwell or anything? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and roll insight. Okay. For you audio listeners, oh we're all God. seeing that Josh had put up the mathematical <laughs> equations on the screen. All I can hear oh, is like, nice. oh my God. All right, all right. Um, I got the 21. <laughs> uh, 21. Uh, so you can tell that the mechanism is compromised. Um, there's no, like this, there's no other way down this one, but you, you have the insight to think to yourself, there's probably a second one of these on the other side of the <laughs> Umbral Sea. Uh, <laughs> it's just lazy. All right. It does, guys, it doesn't seem that there's any way down. We have to go back. Jeb. I'm I'm gonna lead the way this time, okay? If you don't mind. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go down this one. I'll meet <laughs> you guys on the other side. All right. D- just be be careful, please. Nah. And Jeb just like jumps. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna add a die to the tension. Good lord. <laughs> Brings oh, us to gosh. four. We're close to rolling. Uh, uh, you you jump. Are you doing anything on your way down? Uh, we'll cut back to Fox and Savage in a second. Um, uh, I am. I'm casting. Like I'm gonna fall a little ways, and then I'm gonna cast levitate on myself, and that lets me control. Okay. Like, not back and forth, but, like, vertically. So I can just, like, whoo. Okay, yeah. So you do that, and you levitate down, and it's, you know, it's a good five, six hundred feet, something like that, before you make it to the ground. Uh, it's almost as if this elevation change machine is trying to get you beneath a sea. Um, yeah, you, once I once I get a ways down there, I just start humming to myself, I want you 
You want me, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You make it to the ground, and in front of you, there is... Well, first, at your feet, there's a broken elevation change machine that appears to have fallen down the shaft and, like, kind of crunched into the ground. And in front of you, there is a curtain that has been drawn across the exit. You hear on the other side of it um, really, really tiny little, like, sounds. On the other tie side of the elevation change. On the other side of the curtain. On the other side of the curtain. Um, so I'm in that initial crystal room then. You're not in the crystal room. You're in the okay. elevation change machine tunnel. And oh, the no, I got curtain you. I is got between you. you and that room. Um, I just kind of like peek. You peek. peek. And at first you don't see anything, but luckily you're also pretty close to the ground. So you pick out pretty quickly that there is a small mechanized figure just walking on its own through the room. Little like wind up dude, just strolling through, strolling Ah, through the room. You also (laughs) see the rest of that space. So you see, you know, the table and the tea set and the shimmery green light and it's really cold. So you roll a constitution save. I am thoroughly constituted. But that is a six. All right. You're pretty cold. Uh, you have disadvantage on stuff. Okay. Um, I'm going to walk into the room and be like, hey, little guy, uh, come here. I'm just going to, like, wave him over like a pet. Alan, does like, your mechanized figure actually, like, respond? To, like, it's not sentient, is it? No, it's not sentient. It's just a, it's just a wind-up thing. When it runs out of wind-up, it'll okay. just stop. And it, as it the- walked by, just completely completely unresponsive i just like oh right uh and i just walk over and i kind of pick it up okay this is alan's thing its feet Um, slowly like come to a halt as it's just sort of resting in your hand i'm gonna kind of survey the room a little bit do i do i notice anything that they have interacted with uh you can see that there are so the table is set for four with tea but two of the mugs are not centered on their saucers Zoth probably drank one of those. And that means if Zoth drank one of those, Owlin would have overanalyzed it, but once he would have seen that Zoth drank one and was fine, he probably would have drank one too. I'm going to drink one. You don't see a dead Zoth, so... Did you (laughs) say you're going to drink one? Yeah, I'm going to drink one. You get cold resistance. Uh, Your advantage goes away. Your cold resistance lasts one hour. Um, I'm going to... Ooh, also, yep. from so you would have had to climb up to the table to reach the teapot. From mm-hmm. the table, you can see over the edge at the end of the room. And so looking through the crystalline wall, you can now also see Mavira okay. and the dragon and the arcane sigil. Does Mavira see me, or is she looking somewhere else? She's looking somewhere else. Hmm. She's actually sitting cross-legged like she's waiting for something. She has her two swords resting on her knee and one of them is glowing blue and the other one isn't making any color or, or like elemental reactivity right now. I'm going to uh, dump out my water skin and pour the fourth cup because I know Fox and Savage aren't coming in that way behind me. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to pour that in there and save that for later. Um, hmm. Can I make a just a quick arcana check? on this crystal window. Does it seem magical at all, or is it just... It does not seem magical at all to you. Okay. Where do they go? There's a path to your left and to your right. Both of them seem to curve around the cavern. Which one smells better? 
Um, the one to your left. What's it smell like? It smells like freshly mown grass. Mm, I like that. That sounds like smells kind of like Zoth's pot. Um, all right. I'm going to go left. Roll a d8. Six. Six. You... You find yourself in a long room, the same crystalline construction, uh, shimmery green, dim light, still pretty cold, although, of course, it's not a big deal for you. Um, it's still silent. Your little pitter-pattering footsteps and the rustling of your coat as it slides along. The, you're in a Thames uniform, so you don't have the rustling coat. You just have the the boots on of the delivery driver. So your boots clicking and clacking on the, the hard floors are the only sound that echoes back to you. This room has long banquet tables in it. Um, each of them has suspended at the end of a stalactite a silver platter over it. So they're kind of spaced evenly above the tables. And there is suspended in the air floating seemingly by itself is a throne made of coral woven with stardust that sort of glows on its own. And it's just revolving gently in place where it is. There's also an exit at the opposite end of the room. Like you could conceivably walk out and continue your curve. I'm going to put two and two together and be like, this is... This is where the gem dragon's hoard is. This is probably there. Okay, so this is, yeah. Mm. Okay, I'm not gonna touch anything, and I'm gonna keep walking on. I'm adding a die to the tension pool. You're gonna continue walking on, so you'll roll a d8. Three. Three. You walk into... This is one of my favorite rooms. You walk into a room with paintings on the wall done in a variety of styles using colors you've never seen nor have names for depicting living vistas and scenes. The paintings are moving. The wind in them is animated. The, you know, the horses are galloping. Um, Closer study reveals that each painting has a name and a date meticulously engraved on the frame. There's also a large bookshelf to one end of the room crammed full of books. You don't recognize any of the titles, not that you're like a, you know, literary historian, but they're not titles you recognize. And there's also um, a number of paintings of creatures and those creatures you're pretty sure they're moving, but every time you look at them to check, they hold still. Mm. What are what are some of the names, like some of the writings on the paintings? They're all just like, they're not historical figures or anything like that that you would recognize. They're just names. Um, mm. But each of them has like a name and a, a date on it. Can I suss out any significance to them, like a pattern repeating or like all in a certain month or as you wander around as you wander around the room, kind of comparing the different names and dates and stuff, you realize that all of the names match up to one author of a book on the bookshelf. Hmm. Interesting. Flipping through the books, you realize that they are dream journals. Hmm. Do any dreams jump out at me specifically? 
not any particular dreams, but as you read through them, if you're holding, like, let's say you're holding the dream journal for Tabitha Anderson, when you look at her painting, whatever page you're on, that dream is depicted in vivid flowing paints in the, the frame in front of you. Hmm. I will very cautiously slide the book back. Okay. Um, and there's a there's another exit out of this room, correct? Sure yep. Before I go, I'm going to try to triangulate and message Zoth and Alan. Hey, Alan. Hey, Zoth. That's 120 feet. Um, <clears throat> Let's see if I can find them. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, Alan and Zoth, you hear a message from Jeb asking where you are. We can respond with message, right? Yep. You can. We're at the beach. <laughs> um, more specifically, we are in a room filled with sand and sunlight and trying to suss out how to leave. There's the answer I was looking for. Okay, thank you. Um, I'm in the dining hall. I just, or I went through a dining hall with a throne and now I'm in a room with dream journals that mm. whose contents show up on appropriate paintings. Um, I don't believe that there are any actual rhymes or reasons to if you continue down the hallway, like each exit. I believe that you just come to another kind of magically generated room. As I have checked, and there doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason as to like backwards or forwards where you go, if that makes sense. Oh, uh, I found your little guy, by the way. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I used him to test that theory, in fact. Ah, uh, nice. Okay. Um, well, in that case, um, I believe that there's some sort of puzzle in this sand room that will allow us to leave or at least get to the main cavern. That's my suspicion. Um, either that or perhaps there is just a necessity to keep trying doors and keep trying doors until we find the right one or the right one kind of randomly appears. Maybe all the rooms have to be done in a certain order. Ah, well, I uh, thought maybe I don't know. If you guys keep tinkering on that puzzle while you're in there, I'll keep running through doors, and worst case scenario, I just find you. Um, sounds good to me. We cut Fox, upstairs I, to... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Jeff. I was just going to tell them, I came down the the shaft that you guys fell down, I presume. I hope that yeah, wasn't me that did that. Uh, uh, <laughs> we survived. Okay. We're alive. <laughs> Um, Fox and Savage are look. There's another one that comes down somewhere else. Perfect. Um, they're they're working their way down, and then sounds, I'll I'll run good. off. Chat grants a boon, so I won't clear the tension pool for Fox and Savage to cross the expanse of the rest of the compound here and get to the elevation change machine. Your walk is uneventful, if a little what? bit slowed occasionally, as you duck behind a corner or whatever to keep yourselves hidden. But you make your way over to the other elevation change machine and you get there there is a padlock just like before between the two of you easy peasy lock falls apart at your hands and inside there is a elevation change machine in the little fence wall and as you go to pull the lever chat grants a bane and i roll the tension pull (laughs) wow chat Oh, I am awesome. I know you are. I know you are. I am. Awesome. <laughs> You're not awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's five tension die. He's gonna find you. I have a particular set of skills. 
(laughs) (laughs) All right. As you enter the elevation change machine and you pull the lever and you begin descending, you see a detachment of private security goons headed that way as well. Not chasing you. It seems like they're just planning to go down the elevation change machine. Well, we better get going. You, yeah, you, you know, (laughs) kind of ratchet down the the line there. Roll a D8 for me, Fox. Ooh, uh... His life be like... And I got a two, and I hope that's good for me and you. What's your favorite food, Fox? Favorite food? Probably what Mama made, which was going to be like a baked zucchini pie. All right. Savage, what's your favorite food? French toast. Each of you smells your favorite food (laughs) when... um, when you get to the bottom of the elevation change machine, you push open the wooden door in front of you and realize that it's the door to like a pantry cupboard, except right now the elevation change machine is behind it. You step out of the elevation change machine, close the door behind you and find yourselves in the same pantry. I described to our friends earlier. It's a room that smells just like your favorite food with a number of shelves and cupboards that are all stocked with different kinds of foods and, you know, juices and pitchers and things. And there are a number of climbing vine plants that are growing up the crystalline walls with fresh vegetables growing off of them. The room itself is lit a shimmering dull green by the light filtering through the seawater above you. As you look up, you realize you are beneath the umbral sea. And then looking out the uh, sort of interior wall of the room, you can see into Skull Cavern itself. It's a cavern shaped like a skull laying on its side. And where you are right now, you're kind of located by the back of the head. So the eye sockets are ahead of you, stacked one on top of the other. And then off to your left, you can see where the jaw would be down at the far end. And in the center, imprisoned in an arcane sigil of some kind, you can see a gargantuan dragon with um, fuchsia and white scales and little feathers that are kind of poking out between the scales. And then you can see, not looking towards you, but looking in another direction, is a drow warrior with purple hair and teal eyes. Fox, you recognize Mavira Savage. You've not encountered her before. This ain't going to be easy. Why? Do you All right. Um, wait, wait, wait. We need to disable this elevator. Um, I'm going to turn around. Is the elevator moving yet? Uh, the elevator has not gone back up yet, but you can hear the machine like whirring to life. I'm going to put 90 seconds on the screen. Um, Savage, uh, do you know a way we can disable this? Um, if not, I'm just going to try to start cutting cables. What about that tangler grenade? Could you I... possibly shove it in there and make it into, like, jam the systems? Do you think it's going to work? I almost, uh... I mean, it's all, it's, if, if we could save it for something right, better, no. but. Mm, well, the person down there is going to be really hard to fight, so I'd rather not use it. If we don't have to. But mm, you're right. It's a really good use of it. Uh, All right. Savage is going to... Is there a mech... Uh, DM, is there a um, mechanism there? Like a... Uh, right. Just like a... There's I guess a lever, like a, a there's pull a lever, lever or a pulley. The, yeah. Well, the pulley would be at the top, but there's a lever in the elevation change machine to call it. Like to Did tell I it see to the pulley down. at all? The pulley's way up above you, like where you left. But can I... All right. Can I see the wire to the elevator? Yes. There's a cable. All right. I'm going... Oh, hmm. 30 seconds. All right, I'm going to take my... this, yeah. I have a plan, but try ahead, your best. Me. Okay, no. All right, I'm going to go ahead and grab my crowbar out. 
Okay. And I'm gonna go over to the um the main system. <laughs> yeah. So I can't, wait, I can't see any of the pulleys. Ugh. Fourteen seconds. All right. I'm gonna do the classic uh, trick. I'm just gonna smack the, smack the control panel as hard as I can until it completely breaks. Okay. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna stand in the elevator just in case it doesn't. Roll strength, Savage. Ooh. I got. So I add the dice plus the number plus the that. Or is it whatever dice plus one? Dice plus, and then you see how on strength it'll have a like a plus three or a plus two or something yeah. like that. All right, yeah, Add so that. 11. 11, okay. You smack it really hard. You bend the lever and it kind of falls a little bit to the side, but it doesn't fully separate from the machinery. Fox, are you going to do anything? Time has expired, so that's Savage's action. I'm, I'm standing in the elevator if it didn't break it. begins it. climbing. Savage, protect my friends. Save the avatar. They'll tell you what to do. Fox, you better be careful. It fades up towards the ceiling and Fox vanishes out of sight. Savage, you are alone in the the pantry. Um, after calming down and kind of catching my ground, I'm going to look around. Is there any way to, like, uh, recall the chamber to come right back down? No. There's a lever at the top outside the cage to call the elevator up, and then there's one in the elevator to actually send it down. Um, I'm going to do... I guess I got another I'm going to add a die to the tension pull on Fox's I'm, behalf. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and kind of step towards, I guess, the glass wall that I can see through. Yeah. And um, I'm going to look at Mavira and the um, the dragon, and I can I use a... Um, a, I guess would it be perception to see maybe what she's looking at or what like the direction she's looking into? You can see the direction she's looking, but the cavern's a little bit too long for you to see through the wall on the other side. Like, because okay. they're not they're not fully transparent. You know, it's kind of like a, a murky, crystal-y sort of look. Gotcha. And there's one exit in my room currently? Yes. All right. Well, let's, I guess I'm going to take one back, one look back at the elevator or the the chamber. And then on my way out, I'm going to grab a pastry off the shelf, take a bite, and, and exit. Okay. Uh, you grab a pastry off the shelf and take a bite. It is cooked to perfection. It's exactly the right amount of baked. It's the perfect amount of crunchy and soft. Ooh. And as as you eat it, you recover 4d6 hit points. Ooh. You go ahead and roll those yourself. And you don't need Ooh. to tell me what you rolled. Just go ahead and add those back onto your HP. Obviously, you Word. cannot go above max. Um, we cut from Savage leaving. Oh, actually, roll a D8 so I know what room you go to. All right. Um, Got to get that one out now. These B8s. Uh, all right, hold up. I got to find it. <laughs> there we go. Five. Five. You find yourself in what looks like a sleeping quarters type area, but instead of bunks or beds, there are these weird nests woven from strange plants that are fuchsia, ultramarine, and primrose colored. It's got another exit on the other side, you know, the tunnel curving off into the distance. It's still that same shimmery green dim lighting filtering through the water, and in the total stillness, even your own breathing seems to kind of press in on you. Can you give one quick, um, I'm in another crystallized room or am I in a room like that? This like... is another crystalline room. Okay. And another 
I'm gonna look do a, like a perception check, I guess, for any anything that's is there any like um shelves or like any cabinets or anything in the room like of that nature? Like a not chest? in this room. Uh, I'm gonna continue on then. Roll a d8. A seven. A seven. All right. You walk into a room with an upside down fountain somehow fed and recycled back into by the umbral sea above and surrounded by a number of upside down tables with games of checkers and sets of dice on them. We cut from you to Zothkug and Owlin who have been working on the sand puzzle. Um, can, can you remind me the, the thing on the shelves, the, the saying? Oh yes. Take these to leave your name to take these to leave. Okay. Um, Alan is going to go up to one of the shelves with a pot. He's going to a pitcher, a pot, pitcher, whatever. Uh, he's going to take the pitcher. He's going to speak Alan Woodrear into the into the pitcher, set it back down on the shelf, go to a different shelf, take a pitcher and walk up to a door. It makes no change. Hmm. And also, just to be clear, there aren't like doors. It's just a hallway that extends out. Walk up, each walk, walking room. up to the hallway, see yeah. if anything happens. Okay. Yep. Can I dig in the sand to see if there's any more things buried? Yeah. As you dig in the sand, you roll an investigation check, please. Yes. <sighs> That's good. 22. That's a great investigation check. You don't find anything else hidden in the sand, but you recognize as you're digging, just like with the water, when you move sand with your hands, it almost like reforms or kind of flows back in right, you know, like it, it refills in the hole very quickly, but where you step with your feet, it doesn't fill in as quickly. They seem to linger a bit longer. Okay. I'm going to try and quickly spell my name in the sand with my feet shuffled. As you finish the letter H, uh, or the letter G, I should say, of Zothkug, in the interior wall facing into Skull Cavern, the middle of it sort of peels backwards, and a staircase begins jutting out of the crystal wall, leading down into Skull Cavern. I did it. Interesting. That, great job. Do we want the pictures? Uh, well, it does say to take these. Well, what's... Why not? Alan will grab a pitcher in one hand. He's going to have a pitcher in one hand and his uh, little um, flintlock uh, handgun in his other hand. Uh, Zoth is going to scoop up some sand in the pitcher that he takes. The sand falls through the floor of the pitcher and like lands again on the floor of the room. Oh. He'll take an empty pitcher then. Okay. What are you doing? And then going up the, the up or down the stairs that formed. Who's going first? Yes. Alan will go first. Alan, take 2d6 damage as you walk into a wall of magical force. Interesting. Okay. Zothkug, you walk right through and down as if there's no obstruction in the way. Um, so Zoth, you're able to walk onto the stairs in front of you. Interesting. Does Alan notice that that... Does Alan take more damage as he continues... No, he doesn't make it through. Oh, okay. Well, then Alan's gonna like bonk against it, <laughs> kind of shake his head, and then that was Alan, stupid. Spell then, out your name. Oh, I have to. Alan, well, first, Alan's gonna set down the pitcher, 
and then like put a finger forward and see if he can if that does that do anything can he pass through no as your finger gets closer you feel like that staticky thing that you're like oh yes if i went further this would hurt me again okay alan's going to uh go back to the sand spell out his name with his feet as you finish the letter n you don't really see anything change with the stairs but you get like a good feeling okay He's going to pick up his picture again mm-hmm. and walk through. You walk through onto the staircase. The All two right. of you looking down the stairs, which have, of course appeared out of the, the wall of Skull Cavern. Mavira is standing at the base of the steps waiting for you. She grins up towards you as she speaks the command word and ignites her flame brand sword. So now mm. her ice sword and her flame sword are lit. We cut to Fox going up the elevator, <laughs> richeting up towards the top of it. It takes a little while. Up is harder than down for primitive machinery. But eventually, you find yourself at the top. Wait. Uh, Yep. Okay. Before I reach the top, there's a couple of things I got to do. Uh-oh. All right. (laughs) Okay. First, I'm going to pull out my saxophone. And I am going... uh, You know what? Fox is praying for the first time in a long time, if not only time. And he is praying to Kay, and he's just like, I hope this really works. And he plays on his saxophone. (laughs) In an attempt to cast Disguise Self. Okay. And in order to help that, he will shapeshift into a different person no one has seen yet on site. Um, he just chooses at random. Uh, slightly taller build, well, fair skin. In order for him to do that, he's going to need to be close enough to somebody with a rod of seven parts for the weave to reach him. We oh. don't know in space where Jeb is relative to him. So here's what we're going to do. Jeb, you're going to roll a percentile. Owlin, you're going to roll a percentile. If Jeb rolls higher than Owlin, then Fox is close enough for his magic to work. I didn't think this hard about it. (laughs) I got a 73. I got a 16. So Jeb does not roll higher than Owlin. No. So he is not close enough for Fox's magic okay. to work. I'll just drink some of the tears of my players here. If I, that doesn't work, <laughs> I'm just going to have to rely purely on my shape-shifting abilities. And your armor. I, I love the idea, though, of Fox coming and up with this, this right. elevation change machine with people at the top just hearing this music. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, I put the saxophone away once I see it's not working. Chat grants a boon. Woo! Go ahead, Fox, what you doing? I'm shape-shifting, um, and I want to have indents in my arm or shoulder to appear as if though I'm wounded, and I will even make the skin around it appear the same red as blood. Obviously, I can't make blood appear, but I can shape-shift my body to look like I'm wounded by making the color and shape-ish look like I'm cut and wounded. All right? I'm okay. going hard. All right? And I'm wearing the outfit still, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm going to just go ahead, um, with, with all that together, get ready for the best acting in my life (laughs) as we reach the top. All right. You reach the top. 
and in front of you, there's a small squadron of private security goons. One of them looks at you and goes, what are you doing here? <sighs> they've already... They've already have it. They already have what? Yeah. The power source, yeah. They're going up the other side. With mad... With ciphers and magic. I couldn't stop them. We need... We need to go stop them. I'm, I'm gonna roll the best deception of my goddamn life. <laughs> yeah, you are? Please. 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 Check on my modifier because I don't think 17's enough. I got a 27, please. <laughs> please. Do I see a natural one on the DM's roll? <laughs> Wait, I'm not they, get, they immediately are like, oh no, we gotta go and handle that. Come here, we'll get you to the med bay on the way there. And they, you know, walk, they like hold out a hand to help you limp over. A bunch of them run off, so there's just two of them now with you. Just go on, I just, I think I just need to sit down for a second, man. Let me just sit, please. Why, but if we take you to a medic, you'll feel better. I know, but if you, you're gonna need all the people you got, man, I... I watched so many people die. The two of them look I'll at each fine. other and they look back at you and they go, "We never leave a man behind." And they reach I'm under your shoulder and, dra- <laughs> and like pick you up and they're gonna start dragging you towards the med bay. Okay, I guess I'm going to the med bay then. <laughs> and we cut back downstairs to Jebediah Peppermint. Jeb, I don't remember what room we left off with you in, but through the wall you can now see a big staircase has jutted out from the side and. Alan and Zothkug are making their way downtown towards Mavira, who's waiting for them at the bottom of the steps. Um, I had just left the dream book room. Okay. And I rolled an eight as I went into the other hallway. Oh, he rolled an eight. So you actually arrive in the room behind them. There's an opening in the wall with some staircase leading down. It's a big sandy room. It's really bright in here. You're kind of squinting. It's weird. This room feels like it's sunlight. Uh. Um, and the same walls and it's still yeah it's like that yeah so i i hear that their footsteps echo and i run through that magic door okay well you would except instead you take 2d6 magic force damage as it sort of rejects you what do we hear him bounce off of it uh no you don't okay then we would keep going down ours unless he somehow knows no you don't know yeah oof Functionally, basically, the magic is is the same thick crystal wall that was already there. Oh, it's just okay, that the wall okay. is only open for the the other people. Um, I saw I saw the bane. Whichever of you in chat asked about it, I saw the bane happen right after the boon. I'm saving that for the next scene. Um, I'm gonna try and message them real quick. I we're hey, Alan. What I I just bounced off of an empty hallway. I'm I'm in a room with sand. What what do I do? You said there was a puzzle. Can we get the message? You do. I had a dive uh, attention. Uh, Alan's like stepping towards Mavira threateningly, but then also he like turns back and's like, uh, uh, spell your name out in the sand with your feet. <laughs> okay. And so I I start to <laughs> shuffle the my name. I'm like, dang it! Why does my name have so many letters? <laughs> Uh, you spell your name out in the sand with your feet. As you're doing that, 
we jump back into the room with Zothkug and no, we jump back to Savage. Savage is in the room where he took the pastry. He's just left. He rolls a D8. He took himself into the fountain. He's in a room with a fountain jutting out of the ceiling that's fed by the sea above and then refreshed into the sea. And uh, it's got all these tables with like gaming sets and stuff on them jutting out. And you can also obviously leave out of the opposite side of the room. Is there any like uh, f- food or like any uh, like glasses that are filled with anything? Uh, no. Okay. Um, Savage is actually just it- like he's got the munchies. He's <laughs> just wandering around looking for food. Let's <laughs> just like, get some snacks real quick. Uh, I, I mean, the room doesn't really look too. In- I mean, it looks beautiful. Sounds beautiful. Looks beautiful. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Uh, we're gonna move on though. Okay. Roll a d8. Seven. Seven. You find yourself in the same room. You go around the corner and you walk back into the same room. Um, I'm gonna look up. Okay, interesting. I'm this gonna time, turn around. Yeah, as you turn around, looking through the interior wall, you see that a huge staircase has just appeared jutting out of one of the rooms opposite the cavern from you, and that Alan and Zothkug are walking down it towards a drow who has drawn a flame sword and an ice sword. Oh, well, I'm gonna walk right towards them. Like, I mean, you'd have to right still up. go around. Oh, I'm not in the sand room yet. No. Okay, so then I'm gonna go ahead and continue on. Roll a d8. Two. Okay, I had a die of the tension pool. You're back in the pantry. Um, oh, good. I'm going to take uh, two more pastries while I'm here. Okay, <laughs> uh, you take two more pastries. Are you eating them right now? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So well, I'm going I'm I'm to put one in my mouth and then stuff the other one in my pocket. Okay. As you do. Um, as, you're, as you're in that room and you're you know choosing your pastries or whatever, you see a little recipe card. Like, there's a bunch of recipe cards, really, but you notice that on the recipe card you find, it it notes that the magical effect is only really potent while the food is fresh, that it fades very quickly. <laughs> oh, well, I'm still going to ch- I'm going to shrug my shoulders and move on. <laughs> You're like, it'll still taste good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so after roll, um, I got a two again. You got, yeah, so you find yourself back in the den. And, and I your guy only rolled pool. two and seven. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to roll again, man. We're just going to keep going. I'm gonna Are you just going to walk time. as long as it takes to wind up in that room? No, well, I'm in the. Like I'm to, back in the pantry, right? Right, I'm saying, are you just going to keep trying rooms as long as it takes to get to the sand room? Well, I mean, I, at one point I was going to turn around and go back, but then I saw the uh, the stairwell open up, so it gave me hope that I was close. So I'll roll one more time, and then I'm going to try to figure out something. Take one more walk. Uh, three. Three. You find yourself in the art room that Jebediah Peppermint was in. There are a number of paintings on the walls with weird scenes and vistas that are actually alive and moving. They're depicted in colors beyond color that you don't even have names for. And... Um, the ones that are portraits of of creatures they hold still when you look at them but as you look away you could swear they're like moving around and like sort of winking at each other and stuff there's also a large bookshelf um can i and i can still see people through the um 
the uh yeah crystal looking through the thing Alan you can see Zoth. the staircase Alan and Zoth are on it we're gonna cut back to Alan and Zoth Alan and Zoth you're making your way down the staircase Alan turns around to say something to Jeb and as you turn back Alan you feel yourself overstep on the rough crystal steps and lose your balance a little bit make a dexterity save to catch it what? I try and catch him, or at least uh, catch his head. If he fails, him. you can roll a dexterity save to catch him. Okay. Nine. Okay, he fails and begins falling. Zoth, you can roll a dex save to catch him. Here we go. Eighteen. Eighteen. Zoth catches you as you, like, are, you know, he, like, catches you by the nape of your neck, basically, as you're, like, leaning forwards, and he pulls you back up, and you get your balance again. Uh, that was kind of embarrassing. Alan's going to look... There you go. I, I, I guess I'm too concentrated on this situation. Alan's going to look forward at Mavira. How far away would you judge her distance to be? She is probably another 250 to 300 shins away from you in a straight Holy line cow. going down the oh, stairs. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's not like we're like opened up right right in front of her. Okay. No, um, and she's waiting for you at the base of the stairs. She has not rushed up to attack you yet. Interesting. Okay. Huh. Um, what Alan wants to do is eventually when he gets within 15 feet of her is to use his new, uh, Eldritch cannon that he's built, uh, to do a 15 foot cone of fire. Um, that's his first move. So that's kind of what he has prepared as his action. Um, he has the, the, the pitcher from the previous room still in one hand. But he's prepared to drop that if he needs to, to, to draw another weapon or whatever. Okay. Um, but yeah. We're going to cut back to Fox, who is being led towards the med bay by two really well-meaning private security goons. They're <laughs> taking him to the med tent. How nice of Don't them. Don't worry, we're going to get you the help you need. We'll get that arm patched right up. I, thanks, man. Just once you get me to the med bay, please. I, I don't want anybody else... Dying like I saw down there. You gotta go go over there and help out others. Alright, let the medics take care of me once we get there. Nah, we'll we'll see you through this. <laughs> Walk you to the tent. <laughs> and you know what? You can roll persuasion. I shouldn't just do that to you. Roll persuasion. Okay, okay. <laughs> Alright. So we got a ten on the die, but hear me out. That's actually a dirty twenty. All right. You persuade them. Um, they they go, all right, you're a you're a strong, independent uh, security goon there. And we're going to we're going <laughs> to leave you to, to take care of yourself. And we're going to head out of here. And they drop you off at the med the med tent. And then when the medics see you, you know, you get dropped off and the medics immediately run out and like start wrapping bandages around your arm. They immediately notice that your arm is not bleeding. So uh, you want to tell me about this? Um, how many medics are there? Two. Is there the anybody all else ran to the site of the explosion? Is there anybody else critically injured in this room? Yes, there was an explosion. <laughs> okay, I don't want to. I don't want to indirectly kill people by incapacitating the medics. Um, I'm all right. I'm gonna look him dead in the eye and be like. I'm going to be honest, I'm not cut out for this, and I'm just going to book it in the other way. <laughs> you, you hear the medics just say to each other, coward, and then they go back to what they're doing in the tent. Okay, the they're second like I leave... too busy to deal with your crap. I got to calm down, 
look normal and look around, are the people still rushing to the other side? Roll performance. For your calmness. My D20, come back! <laughs> Imagine your D20 having D20's trying to run away. D20, okay. come back! Um, performance is not as good, but I still rolled a 10 on the die, which means a 17. Okay. Uh, the other guards have almost made it over to the elevation change machine, so they're about to find out that that one's disabled. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a book it back to the the one that actually works. Okay, you just haul tail until you can get there. Uh, you pull the lever, you go down the elevation change machine. It takes you to the ground floor. You find yourself in the pantry, the same place that Savage Tempest was. Just as Savage wanders back in with like a pastry in one hand and shoving <laughs> another one into his pocket. Oh, hey, Fox. How's it going? I made it back. Um, we really got to figure out how to disable this thing. As you look through the inner cavern wall, you now see that Zoth and Owlin are headed towards Mavira. Owlin's just tripped, and Zoth has caught him and pulled him back onto the steps. We gotta disable this thing fast! <laughs> um, I'm gonna quickly put my bag down on the ground and start digging through it. Um, the cables that move it, what are they made of, roughly? Like, are they metallic? Are they kind of organic? Like, They're is it like rope? They're like a heavy is rope it... material. A heavy rope? Yeah. All right, I'm I'm pulling out my daggers, and I'm I'm just sawing away at it really quickly. Roll strength. All right, I'm gonna add a die to the so, tension pool. Hear me out. Oh no. Eight. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you hearing me out though? He, are you are you Fox hearing me out? Fox does not appear to be making any progress at all, Savage. I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna. All right. I'm just gonna walk over and take out my short swords, and I'm gonna go ahead and do like a double, like slash, like one quick slash. Okay. Roll strength. Oh. Uh, seven. Seven. <laughs> Savage is also <laughs> making no difference in adding a die to the ten. This is the real world. boss fight, guys. Yeah. Yeah. A rope. <laughs> The day the elevation does it, does it machine look, died. Oh, oh, I am awesome. DM. I had a great plan. Okay, we can realize we get back out of here. Right? DM, DM, does the yeah. is the ro- is this rope like um, flammable like in any way? Uh, if you were able to get it to catch, it would burn. But it's a heavy rope, so it's not like you can just hold a candle up to it. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Yeah. Um, you would need a pretty strong fire. All right. My next thing here. Oh shoot. Save that. Wait. 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 What? what? Um, I don't know if it's going to be enough, but it's worth a try. I'm going to pull out my, my saxophone. <laughs> okay. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cast uh, Press the Digitation and, 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 and try with the, the weak effect of it to light... <laughs> on fire I, I can cast I can light and snuff a small flame so I'm using a that to try, try to 
trying to hope that small flame the small flame is described as a candle torture small campfire and a candle with my exact example of a not strong enough flame oh, but a small campfire all right mm, I'm... a small campfire might be enough <laughs> no it's not enough and i'm gonna put 90 seconds on the clock as the guards are approaching this fox. elevation change machine again fox scoot aside scoot aside i'm gonna pull out my rifle and take <laughs> aim to the point where it'll 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 collateral these two ropes <laughs> okay I'm taking the oh, shot. I also love the idea that we're in the same exact spot yes. that we were last time. Y'all know the definition of insanity, right? I'm <laughs> <laughs> rolling. Okay, what am I what am I putting this on? You're so close and you like yeah, it's point blank. You're able to make the shot. Just roll damage. Okay. Um and I'm going to roll a d20 to see how many hit points this heavy rope has. Chat, you're going to watch the roll. Oh. <laughs> it's a good roll for you. Let's go. Okay, um, so 2d10s plus 5, I got... Oh, just the plus 5 is going to do it. It only has 3 hit points. Okay, I got 9, so... Yep. So you're able to oh. sever both ropes in one gunshot. The gunshot reverberates around the otherwise silent um, cavern area. Alan and Zoth, you only hear a very muffled little... T- Jeb, who is just about to enter, you've just finished writing your name in the sand. You hear a gunshot reverberate through everything. Um, but it's just the one, and then it rests. M-I-N-T. They didn't say I had to do my last name, but I did anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so did we, did we, we, we did it in time, though, right? Yeah, you did it. I see the timer's still going. Okay. We're good. Okay. All right. Well, that seems that now that we have this, we have one problem solved. Back to what I've been dealing with. <sighs> okay. Yes. What what have you been dealing with? Um, circles. Lots of them. Um, are we in the pantry room still? Yeah. Yeah. I'm immediately just I'm 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 hounding down whatever I see in the pantry. Stress eating. Okay. <laughs> I'm stress eating. Uh, get uh four d six hit points restored as you eat something. Mm. Maybe you pull oh. like a fresh carrot mm. off the vine or something. This stuff is good, man. Mm. Can we just like? Can we just, like, take some of this stuff, man? Mm. Are you doing anything before, like, just wandering around until you get to the sand room? Um. Got enough food, Fox? Um. I'm gonna start stuffing my bag. Um, with as much food as I can from the pantries. Okay. Because uh, Savage is a little embarrassed when Fox looks away, he's gonna, like, sneak another two into his pocket. Okay. <laughs> he's just gonna go, okay, real quick. Uh, <laughs> box yeah just to be clear are you over encumbering yourself with food uh no 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 only as much as that is reasonable <laughs> okay. okay like I'm, I'm not about to be like food at all costs must carry i'm just <laughs> now the michelin like, man okay. as much as fits in the pack comfortably <laughs> he's okay. playing fallout sure <laughs> you you cram your pack full of like pastries and and whatever and would- now that's done I would imagine it's about the equivalent of about like a dozen or two donuts. Okay. While that's okay. happening, who doesn't donuts? <laughs> well, not donuts. Like it'd be healthier because it's vegetables. Yeah, but that's You're like oh, the just a oh. modest amount. Just two boxes <laughs> of a dozen donuts each, just under my arms. Chad <laughs> says, "When you asked, are you over encumbering yourself with food?" I feel called out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. While that's happening. 
uh, we're going to assume that's going to take a little while for you to finish <laughs> stuffing your, your stuff with donuts. Um, we're going like to come back to Alan and Zothkug. You're headed down the stairs. You're going to be the first to get to the base of the stairs where Mavira awaits you. Jeb, you're a little bit behind them on the steps. Um, are you doing anything to get down faster or are you just walking? Because I know you have some flight options available to you. I'm going to take a little extra time and I'm going like instead of walking down if it, like if I'm if I'm behind cover while while on the stairs it's just stairs. Uh, yeah, I'm does okay, Zothcug I'm count as cover. Does what? Zothcug count as cover for Jeb. He is 7 foot 5. I listened to episode 1 recently. Sure. And I was like holy cow, Zothcug's tall. Yes. Um I'm going to drop the the Thames ropes. Uh, the Thames clothes okay. and boots, and I'm going to take a minute to pull out my jacket and my hat because uh, I want Mavira to recognize me. And as he does, Jeb is like bleeding out of his shoulder from the gun wound, and so I'm going to like try to wrap that up a little bit. And he looks, he looks haggard and beat to heck right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I cinch my jacket around, cuff the cuffs up nice and fresh, pull the hat on. Um, got one With bullet wound in the shoulder through the hat. Bullet wound in the sh- in the hat. Bullet wound in the shoulder, and he just cracks his knuckles, and I'm ready to go. While he's cracking his knuckles, uh, Alan Woodrear and Zothkug make it to the bottom of the steps. Alan is in front because he tripped and Zoth caught him and pulled him back onto his feet. So we know Alan is in front. So Alan will take the first move of this round of combat, except that there are a few delayed actions we need to manage. So the first thing is that when you are 100 feet away from Mavira, she flips her swords over and drives them into the crystalline ground uh, next to her. So each of them is standing. And then she backs up in what is almost like a a ballet-type move that um, Alan, maybe in your time in the big city, you might have seen performances or whatever. So you kind of recognize like this is a a ballet move. This is not a combat move. She does Mm. some sort of pirouette into a leap and flings a third scimitar into the air and it remains there. And then she Mm. lands gracefully, grabs both of her swords, flips them both into a ready position and just kind of takes her stance and waits for you to get in range. The next thing that is a delayed action that gets triggered is going to be Alan Woodrear, who gets close enough, 15 feet, to um, draw his weapon. Yep, so Alan uh, unholsters this thing that has been teased multiple times and not used in the last, like, four episodes. Oh? Um, he pulls out what looks to be, like, the shape of a flintlock pistol, um, you know, that you would see, like, a pirate or, uh, or you know, something in, in, in that sort of, pi- like, you know, media. Um, however, it looks like it's made of, like, black metallic substance, and there's kind of, like, uh, cracks through it that, like, uh, shine some, some orange light, kind of like lava is, like, kind of, like, flowing through the middle of it. He pulls that out, he points it one-handed at Mavira, he drops the pitcher that he was holding and has his other hand on the scimitar of speed, but he points at Mavira, pulls the trigger, as he pulls the trigger, two wings that are almost identical to the wings that sprout from Alan's back when he rages, except these wings are orange, sprout on the top of the, the, um... The, the flintlock as he pulls the trigger simultaneously as a 15 foot cone of fire sprays out 
from the handgun, and Mavira needs to make a dexterity save. Yeah, she does. If she fails, she takes 11 points of fire damage. If she succeeds, she takes five. Okay. That's pretty stout. That's a 15. Plus her uh, mods, so that's going to be what? a success, right? Yes. Uh, my spell safety is DC is 14 for future reference, so yeah. Great. I just threw my d20 on the ground. But Mavira makes the save, so she leaps backwards out of the way. Um, another graceful like ballet dance move to to avoid your attack the fire whooshes into the ground leaving a little bit of a scorch mark but obviously not really denting or changing the terrain and then she's going to use a class feature called repost as a reaction to being missed with an attack she can make a melee attack on you and if it hits it deals some extra damage uh, is that how- considered a miss if she succeeds on the dexterity throw i guess that is yeah sorry go ahead Yes, I would consider that a miss. Cool, great. So she rolls. That's a really good roll. That's an 18 on the die. Yeah, that hits. Yeah, okay. So she hits you with the ice sword, and it deals 18 damage as the you feel the cold of it like hit before the sword does, and then the sword catches up. And she's now within melee range of you, obviously. Okay. Like, she's kind of met you on maybe the second or the, the last step. Jeb has a hand up. Jeb, what's up? Does Alan have resistance to cold because of the tea? Uh, yes, Alan, if you drank the tea, which I can't I remember. Did. Okay, he yeah, did. so you have resistance to cold, so you can take half that damage. Okay, great. So I take nine damage instead. Great catch, okay. Jeb. And good, that's yeah, going to bring catch. us to Zothkug's turn in the initiative order, and we are officially in initiative order. So, Zoth, cool. there are 30 seconds on the clock. Okay, so Zothkug is going to use his emboldening bond feature. Um, as an action, you choose up to three willing creatures within 30 feet of you, creating a magical bond among them for 10 minutes or until you use this feature again. Tell any bonded creatures within 30 feet of another once per turn. They can roll a d4 and add it to attack roll, ability check, or saving throw they make. Nice. So I'm picking um, Alan, me, and Jeb. Awesome. Uh, Jeb, the well, sorry, this is Mavira's turn, and then it'll be Jeb's turn. Uh, Mavira is going to use her turn. She's already up close with Alan. She's going to take her full multi-attack because she's within melee range. So she's going to attack you. For, oh, sorry, I didn't have the dice cam up. The first one's a five, so it misses. Um, yep. The Oh, I did have the dice cam up. The second attack is a 16. That hits, hits you. Yep. Uh, 16 hits you with the... That's her offhand attack, so that's her frostblade again. So that's another um, 15 damage halved. Okay. And... That concludes her turn. Actually, she's going to um, disengage from you. So she's going to step five feet back from you, and that will end her turn. Um, Jebediah Peppermint, it is your turn. Hand me a word picture, please. All right, you are standing about halfway up a staircase that is as tall as Skull Cavern. So you're probably about 200, maybe 300 shins from Mavira. She is on the second step, and she has met Owlin in combat. So the two of them are sort of brawling on that step. Zothkug is right behind Owlin, maybe with a hand hovering just over his shoulder, having given him some helpful magical assistance recently. 
the that's all that's in the room right now besides the dragon at the center of the room the dragon is laying motionless and is surrounded by an arcane sigil that sigil as we mentioned in the last session but i maybe haven't mentioned today is fed by some hot wires that are coming out of the walls um where along the walls like are they close to me are they far to me on the other side of the cavern they are coming from the eye socket and the neck base of the skull, and you okay. are right where the nose would be. So they're pretty, like basically exactly to your left and right. Okay. Um, and I forgot the timer up. That's my bad. I'm putting it up now. No, that's all right. I'm yeah, I'm Josh. gonna head head what? down to the bottom of the uh, the staircase. Okay. I just want to make everyone aware. Also, um, another feature of that is when a creature affected by a bonding bond is about to take damage, a second bonded creature within 30 feet of the first can use its reaction to teleport to an unoccupied space within five feet of the first creature. The second creature then takes all the damage. Interesting. So you can sacrifice damage for yeah. each other. As much movement as I can to get to the bottom of the stairs. Okay. Um, on foot? Yeah. Okay, great. So you make it about a fifth of the way to the, the base of the stairs. Um, Savage and Fox are still maneuvering their way towards the room, kind of lost in the, the tangle of other rooms, but you're close. Um, that will bring us back around to Owlin. Okay. Owlin is going to, uh, in one smooth motion, holster the, the gun. Uh, suddenly, like, and and his other hand is on the scimitar of speed. Between the holstering and the and the grabbing of the scimitar of speed, suddenly, rage forms in his eyes. Lightning shoots out of his eyes, and a stormy cloud appears basically around him. And uh, so he uses bonus action to rage. And so because Mavira is within ten feet of me. Um, she must make a saving throw, and if she fails, she'll take 1d6 lightning damage. Uh, DC which 13. Save? Uh, yep. Dexterity save again. Dexterity um, save. That's yep. and, uh, 6. Okay, so that fails. Takes 2 lightning damage okay. as I rage. I'm just making sure my dice are visible. You're good. Uh, okay, takes two lightning damage as you rage. So then, then after the rage, draws the scimitar of speed and then uses his multi-attack. Great. So first attack is 11. I assume that's a miss. Yes. Next attack is a 17. Does not hit. Dang. She dances out of reach again. And okay. again, she's not using combat maneuvers. She's using ballet steps. And then, uh, just to, just as a rem- how often do I get to use that one d four, Zothkug? Just uh, once per turn. Once per turn. And is it? Can I use it on an attack roll? Yep, uh, I believe so. Can I, can I retroactively do that, or did I just miss my opportunity? Uh, I'm gonna let you retroactively do it because you guys. Okay, might I'll add it. I'll <laughs> add it to the seventeen. Okay. Okay, that only added a one, so now it's an eighteen. Uh, attackers win in a tie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. There we so, go. That attack does eight damage. Chat has cast Bless on Alan. Woo! Bless Sweet. gives you a 1d4 that you can add before rolling to a roll. Okay, so I have multiple 1d4s I can add to my next turn. Yes. Great. Yes. You got all the d4s. Remind me her damage. Um, eight uh, magical slashing damage. Eight magical slashing damage. Are you doing that anything else of, with your turn? That is the end of Alan's turn. Okay. You slash across her with 
uh, with rage in your eyes, and she looks directly back into your eyes without even flinching and goes, try harder. Mm. Zothkug, your turn. Um, Zothkug will cast Spiritual Weapon as a bonus action. Okay. She's within 60 feet of me, right? Uh, yes, she would be within okay. 60 feet of you. So then a uh, Spectral Quarterstaff will appear behind her. Um, and then I can make an attack with it. Does this count as flanking? Um, yes, sure. Cool. Wow. Uh, two 19s. Um, I got 27 to hit. 27 to hit. That hits. <laughs> it's gonna deal nine damage. Nine Four. damage. Uh, okay, you hit her in the back of the head with a quarter staff. She kind of grunts and takes a step forward, but still, it doesn't seem to have really thrown her off her stride or anything like yeah. that. She seems pretty so cool and collected. My bonus action. Um, and then my normal action will be Sacred Flame. She needs to make a deck save of 16. Okay. Uh, sorry, I was reading the description of the spell. Yep. She rolled a 13. Okay, that fails. So she is going to take 11 damage. 11 damage. Radiant, specifically, if that matters. Okay. She takes 11 points of damage. And that's my turn. She brings her two swords up in the air and then jumps so that she is airborne with both swords and crosses them. And as she crosses them, the scimitar that she flung into the air earlier slices forwards in like a straight line spinning boomerang towards Zothkug. And it's going to roll an attack against you. No! Zoth, that's a... 13 to hit. Does a 13 hit you? No, it does not. Okay, the sword lances towards you, but from your higher vantage point on the stairs, you see it coming and you're able to kind of duck out of the way. At the same time as she does that, however, she is going to attack Owlin. First attack is an 18. That hits. Second one's a 21. That also hits. Okay, so she hits you with both swords. The first one deals 17 fire damage. Have to two. That's fire damage. Yeah. Fire. Uh, you don't have fire yep. resistance, do you? You're right. Uh, <laughs> and then the next one deals 15 cold damage, which would get halved to um, seven. 17 plus 7 is 24. 24. Okay. Um, then she's going to. She's going to spend her action surge to attack you again. Oh dear. She doesn't have to do that. Uh, but she, if she doesn't want to, you know. That's a 23 to hit. Yeah. Okay, and then the last one misses you. So it's only one okay. more hit. So that's with the flame brand, her, her dominant Dang. hand. So that's another 17 damage that she deals. Ouch. Owen looks like this last turn took it out of him. 
Like, um, she, what just happened got him good. Um, she, at the after using her action surge, she just kind of, like, crouches down, looks up at you, and goes, there's always time to flee. And that brings us to Zothkog's turn. Um, Zothkog is going to heal Alan with a Cure Wounds. Or... Uh, 13 health. Okay, sounds great. Um, and then he's going to move, as a bonus action, move the spiritual weapon to behind um, Mavira again. Okay. And we'll hit with a 23. Uh, 23, that'll hit. Yep, go ahead and roll damage. Dealing 13 radiant damage. 13 nice. radiant damage. And then... Am I... Like, if I move out of range, will I provoke opportunity? No, because she's... Alan is between you and her. Okay, then I would like to move away from her threat rebel. You can only go up the stairs. Oh, okay. Well, you're low enough that you could probably make the jump. It would only be 10 feet or less. So yeah, you could could jump down without taking fall damage. All right, I'll do that. Okay, you jump off the stairs and you roll a d12. Ooh. Ewe. Are they on like a dais or something in the middle? No, it's just the, the base of the cavern. I rolled mm. a two. You rolled a two. You jump off of the stairs into the stone cavern, and you land on some kind of bright white cotton material. Mavira and Owlin are gone. The sound of birds chirping happily as they fly past you upside down sort of swirls around you, almost immersing you in the noises, and the temperature is suddenly pleasantly warm, and a hint of a breeze stirs the leaves of the pot on your back. Below you, the bright sun reflects playfully off of the ocean that kind of lines the sky above you, and then bounces back down to dance among what you realize are clouds at your feet. In the center of the room, bound by an arcane sigil, there is a tall woman clothed in armor of woven storm cloud. With nearly translucent pale skin, she lies unconscious at the center of this arcane trap, and her long wavy hair and freckles literally glow with golden starlight. Around her, a number of small plants and animals are crowded, confused as to why she won't wake up to have tea with them. We cut to Mavira's turn. Wait, I can't get a turn. No, it would be my turn. Or Jeb's turn and then my turn. You're right. It would be Jeb's turn and then your turn. What's my range? Uh, You are, you're still like probably 200 shins away. Something like that. Dang it. Long staircase. Wow. And I just saw, I just saw uh, Zoth do what? Zoth hopped off the staircase landed on the ground but as he landed the staircase landed, that I'm on? Yeah. But as he landed on the ground, I mean he's way further down than you. But yeah. he hopped off the stairs and as he landed on the base of the cavern instead of landing, his body kind of shimmered weirdly and vanished and where he ought to have landed, there's like a small puff of cloud that is already fading away. And Owlin is where? Owlin is still on the staircase. 
fighting um, Mavira. Yeah, he's okay. on like the second or third stair. They're like, you know, actually in okay. combat. Is this like a spiral staircase? No, it's a straight staircase. Straight. Okay, so it's just, all right. I, it's just a really was, freaking tall staircase. For some reason, I was envisioning a spiral staircase, and I'm like, what the heck is even everything? Okay. Um, I just oh. started here for 30 seconds, so we Thank can get the word picture. <sighs> Could I get within 120 feet by my next turn? Yes. If right, you dash this to, turn, you would be with Yeah, I'm dashing this turn too. Okay, you're just running down the stairs. You're running doing down what the stairs. you're doing. Um, can I can I make it a little further if I like skip steps for like an acrobatics check or something? Sure, skip steps and roll acrobatics. That's a totally valid way to do it. Um, that is thirteen. Okay. Um, I forgot to set a DC, so we're just gonna roll a D twenty, and if it's lower than thirteen, you make it. It was a 17. So unfortunately, skipping steps is a risky endeavor. And instead of quite making it, you take two points of damage. Okay. Um, Just as you're like tripping and catching yourself and kind of skidding along, you get you still get the benefit of the speed. So you are closer. You just um, you take a little bit of damage from like maybe you bang your ankle or something like that on the way down there. At this point in time, Fox, you have just entered the staircase. Uh, Fox is not in Fox's chair. Um, Savage, you've just entered the staircase and ahead of you, skipping, flying almost with his coat trailing behind him is Jebediah. And then at the base of the staircase is Alan Wadrier locked in combat. You stand at the top of the stairs, the dim green light filtering into the room from the ocean above. Ah, we got to get down there. Fox can no longer hear you. He's behind you in the room with the sand, still writing his name with his feet. Oh, crap. Um, well, that just beats my purpose. Okay. Um, I'm going to yell down to Jeb. Jeb, I'm here. Fox and I are both here. Jeb, this is why you take those two points of damage. You turned around to look back <laughs> at Savage, and it, like, you bang your a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I roll and tumble a little bit and catch myself. Um, lady with the swords, the icy sword, fire sword, make her See? die. Okay, Fox, hurry! Do I see him like yelling that? He's silently? just yeah. He's like gesticulating wildly on the other side of the wall as you like are, you're like calmly in this room where you're like writing your name in the ground with your feet in the sand and it's warm and sunny. And then on the other side is Savage on the stairs, like yelling back at you. All right, I, I pick up the pace a little, seeing okay. the just just gesticula- gesticulating. Gesticulation, yes. Yeah. Um, has Fox come through? Sorry, I, I'm wait. I'm kind of waiting. It's your turn. Fox We're in initiative order, but you've oh, oh, already kind of spent your thirty seconds. So what that means is your care. I'm gonna pause the game here really Go quick ahead. to explain again for Savage. Um, so I put 30 seconds on the timer for you to ask me any questions you want for us to resolve what the scene looks like. And then, um, you tell me what your character does by the end of those 30 seconds. If not, I don't like screw you over. You take the dodge action, which is just like basically making yourself extra safe from bad guys and they have to work extra hard to hit you. Um, but it's like in real combat where you're like, I'm going to take a couple seconds and just size up the field of battle. Gotcha. I didn't know if we had entered the combat part yet, but all right. That's at this point then I'm kind of, I'm done. Cause I'm waiting for Fox to come through first. All right. You're waiting for Fox to come through. And that brings us to Alan is next in initiative order. Okay. 
Owlin's goal in this turn is to hit Savage's, or not Savage, bless, sorry. Hey, Savage. Savage and Mavira are both like equally sinister names. Um, uh, he's gonna, his goal is to hit Mavira as many times as possible before Mavira knocks him out. Uh, <laughs> um, he's doing damage. Okay. So uh, he's gonna take three attacks because he has his, bo- like, two attacks plus bonus action attack from the Scimitar of Speed. Okay. First attack, he's he is gonna add the D4 uh, from Bless onto that attack, like, okay. for his attack roll. So this is 14 plus 8 is 22 plus 1 is 23 for that. 23 damage so, or to hit? To hit. Okay, so that, that hits. hits. Also, chat has just cast Blade Ward on you for the next three rounds. You have resistance Ooh. against sword things, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. I already have that from Rage, but I appreciate that. So does that... Yeah. That, I mean, that doesn't do much because I'm already no, raging. unfortunately, it doesn't really do it. much. I'll refund chat's points, though. <laughs> it was very benevolent. Uh, no, yeah, I appreciate it, Belly. Um... All right, so now this next roll, I'm adding the D4 from the cool spell that... Uh, that. Well, no, does that spell stay because Zoth is no longer in 30 feet? Does he... Is that... He is within 30 feet of you. Oh, okay. Interesting to know. Okay, so that is 16 plus 8, which is like over 20, so I assume that's another hit. Yep. Okay, last attack. So we have two hits out of the three attacks. Last attack is a 19 plus 8, 27. So all three hit. Okay, all three attacks hit. I'll just roll total damage if that's okay, just that to make the math easier. Cool. Absolutely. All right. So four plus five plus three is twelve plus fifteen is twenty-seven. Twenty-seven damage through those three attacks. That is all slashing, but it's a magical weapon. So great, magicy slashy damage. As it you, is a. It, Alan just took a ton of damage. Then, then Zoff gave him a little bit of strength back, and he used that strength just to three slices in a row. Got it. As you deal that last. Attack, Wait, no, I need to add my rage damage plus six. Okay. Twenty, twenty-three or thirty-three damage. There you go. Ooh, got him. Yeah. It gets. There we go. All right, it has been marked. As you deal that last damage, you for the first time see an actual cut appear on Mavira's arm. You have you have Ooh. bloodied her in combat. She looks down at it, looks back up at you, and goes, Now you really upset me. And she drops both of her elemental weapons and Ooh. summons a great sword of radiant energy. Ah. The radiant great sword fills her hands, and she spins in like a graceful ballet move. And she enters her multi-attack. Um, let me put my dice roller up here. The first attack... I really hope she's not very accurate here. The first one's a 21. That hits. Dang. The second one is a 19. That also hits. Oh. And the final one is a natural one. Oh. Come on, confirm. Confirmed yeah. natural one. Okay. All right, so she hits you twice and then has a natural one. The two attacks. There's a low chance I'm still standing. The two attacks that hit you both deal 20 damage. Yeah, so so I am no longer standing. I am I am knocked out. Okay, so that's 40 damage to knock you to the ground. As the radiant sword hits Owlin each time, these flares of kind of latent energy just lance off the blow. And then as she goes for the final one, Owlin is already falling and she overcommits to the strike and actually swings the sword in such a way where it kind of juts back and hits her. And so she ends up actually scratching herself with that radiant sword for 10 points of damage. 
Um, that brings us in initiative order to Zothkug. Zoth, go ahead. These stairs? Uh, there are no stairs where you are now. Could I go back to where the stairs are and see if I could get on them? Like, this is just sort of an illusion. Yeah, so you take a step and you roll a d12. Oh. A two. A two. You take a step, and as you take a step, the clouds and the lady in the center of the sigil fade away, and you suddenly find yourself watching Owlin fall to the ground as Mavira, who's dropped her two elemental swords, is now wielding this massive greatsword of radiant energy. Okay, I am going to cast a spell. I... Can I get to Alan with movement? Yeah, you're like right next to him because you only hopped okay, off cool. the steps. So, so I'm going to cast Cure Wounds at third level. Okay. Um, and he is going to heal 17. Love it. Heal 17. And at the same time, it seems like something begins to like afflict Mavira strangely. Like some kind of minor hex has been cast on her. By the um, chat. And then, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna bonus action move my spiritual weapon to behind her and attack her with that. Okay, as a reminder, this is not. I guess this is still flanking because she's not looking, so you're fine. I was gonna say right. Alan has fallen, so she's not in combat, but you're behind her still, so it's okay. Go ahead. Uh, a 19 to hit. A 19 hits. So that's gonna deal six damage. Okay. Uh, that deals six damage to her. Anything else? I guess that's your whole uh, turn, that's right? It. That's my whole turn. Okay. So you deal six points of damage to her, and that brings us to the top of initiative order. Um, so, Savage, it is your turn. You're still on the stairs. You've got 30 seconds. The timer's on the screen. Um, has Fox entered the stairwell yet? No, he's about to. Oh, my gosh. Um... <laughs> Initiative order do be tough. Uh, all right, at this point, I'm gonna call cast Long Strider on myself. Okay. I was gonna wait for him, um, <laughs> but I'm just gonna cast Long Strider on myself and dip down the steps uh, as fast as I can. That gives you what four times your normal speed? Is that right? Um. Yeah, speed increases by ten feet for oh, an okay. hour. Got it. Um, I think I was thinking of something else to give you like double dash. That's okay. So you sprint down the stairs. You make it about a third of the way down to where you can join the combat. Wait. My next... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Too late. I was going to say, my passing Jeb. Uh, You will not pass Jeb yet. He's ahead of you. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Then my my turn's over. Okay. Jeb, it is your turn. Oh, I see Owlin go down. Yep. Um, And Zoth reappear. And Zoth reappear. Did I see Zoth heal Owlin? Yes. Okay, so Owlin is laying down. Yeah, Owlin is eyes open, but laying, like, on his back, basically. Yep. And Mavira is further down the steps. Yeah, she's two steps further down than him. How tall is this room, this cavern? It's real big. Real big. Real big. Probably 700 or 800 shins tall. Um, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move my full movement, and I'm going to magic missile this bizzle. Okay. Uh, you do that. Yeah, I am. 
Sorry, I'm grabbing dice. Hot dang! Ten points of force damage in her face. Nice. Ten points of force face damage. Excellent. Uh, you you just hit her. She starts to kind of be buffeted by the magic missiles that you're sending in her direction, and then it is Fox's turn. Fox, you've just stepped through the gateway and onto the stairs. All right, all right. So just world world picture here. I'm on the top of the stairs. Word picture. And You're at the top of the stairs looking down into Skull Cavern. At the center of Skull Cavern, there's a dragon in the sigil. About halfway between that center point and the wall where you're standing is the base of the stairs. At the base of the stairs there, Owlin is laying on his back but has been healed by Zoth, who's right next to him. Mavira is standing there with the spiritual weapon of Zothkugs behind her and Jeb shooting magic missile at her from in front of her. Ahead of you, Savage is sprinting down the steps. So your line of sight is obstructed by like three people before you could you could actually attack Mavira, but you can still see her down there, like just and how far away? Heads. About three hundred shins. Okay. Then I I will go ahead and sprint at my my full speed um, and dash as far as I can go. Okay. Which I can take I can take um, dash as a bonus action, right? Yes, dash is a so bonus. You can get, oh, nice. Yeah. Because that's a rogue thing, I think. So that gets me, what, a speed of 30? So dash would be 60. Um, double dash would put you at 120. Okay. So that puts you about a third of the way down the stairs. So you catch I up am to Savage. going. You yeah. and Savage <laughs> are now running next to each other on the steps. Um, and that brings us to Owlin's turn. Owlin, you're laying prone. Reminder, it's half your move speed to stand. Yeah, Alan is gonna. <laughs> Alan's role here is to stand back up and to swing three more times. <laughs> so Alan's gonna wait. No, well he doesn't have rage anymore, um, and that's okay. He lost his rage when he got sent down, so he no longer has his. Action? It is, but uh, the the third attack is also a bonus action uh, right now. Alan's gonna prioritize the third attack. Okay. Um, Raging gives you half damage. Just FYI. Okay. I already have. Uh, she she doesn't use slashing. She's using um, like no, radiant, radiant and radiant and stuff water. like that. So it's not as big of a benefit this time. Yep. Yep. So all right, Alan is going to do his three attacks. He stands back up, looking very injured and and stuff. He looks. At, she, this whole time, Mavira's been doing bad guy quips, and uh, Alan stands back up, looks Mavira in the eye, and says. I'm tired of you, and uh, swings three more times. Okay. Oh. Uh, so first one is a 23. Hits. Second one is a 15, so that misses. Yep. Third one is a 12, so that misses. So you only hit on the first one. Uh, uh, yes. Oh, I forgot to use my D4. Is it, do I get forgiveness one more time? I'll give it to you on the 15. The 12, even with a 4, wouldn't have passed her AC, so it wouldn't have been worth it. So the 15, I only rolled a 2, so it would still miss. Yeah, so Thanks. it still misses. All right, so my one hit is still uh, 12 damage. 12 damage. And as you hit her, she rolls with the practiced ease of a fighter with the hit, and that's why the other ones don't hit her. She's able to kind of like spin yeah. out of reach. And, you know, oh, he's back up again. And so she kind of backs off a little bit. She backflips into the 
um, like further into the room, basically, finally seating the base of the stairs to you. She rolls okay. a d12 and vanishes from sight ah, as she backflips away I, from you. As Zothkug did. Okay. Uh, that brings us to... Uh, oh, actually, that brings us to her turn. So she vanishes from sight. Nobody can see her, but she does do some stuff. She also rolls another d12 because she moves it all. And she does not reappear. Hmm. Interesting. That brings us to Zothkug's turn. Zoth, you got 30 seconds. Uh, Zothkug is going to heal Alan again, but using a different feature, he's going to use his channel divinity Balm of Peace. As an action, you can move up to your speed without provoking opportunity attacks when you move. Within five feet of any other creature during this action, you can restore 2d6 plus 5 to that creature, and you can receive this only once whenever I take this action. Nice. Cool. So Alan is going to heal. Uh, 11 damage. Sweet. Um, and then I'm going to move my quarterstaff to behind me and ready the attack where if she's in five feet of it, it will attack her. Okay. Uh, that brings us to Savage Tempest's turn. All right. Um, on me and Fox and I are about how far away from Jeb because he was be I guess he's in front of us. You're you could make it to Jeb this turn. Okay. Um, can we pick past Jeb? Is it possible to make it down to the bottom? The like, stairs are not wide enough turn? to pass. Okay. Um, I guess we're gonna meet. We're gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and just meet up with Jeb. Dash to Jeb, mm-hmm. just to group up with everybody because now I guess I can see that. The immediate danger has uh, left the room, so it gives me time to get down to him to recuperate. Okay. Uh, that turn. brings us yep. to Jeb's turn. Jeb, Savage has caught up with you. Hey, uh, wow, that you guys move faster than me. Um, how far away am I where I last saw Mavira? Uh, if you dash this turn, you'll make it to where she was. But like for the purposes of casting spells, I know you're like approximating it, but like like about how far about am I away feet. from her? A hundred feet. Or shams, um, if you will. Alright. I would like to get within sixty feet of where I last saw her. Okay. And I'm going to ready an action when I see her next. Okay. You see, you see Jeb twist a little something on his yeah. blunderbuss. And, what action and are like, you readying? Uh, I am going to ready a momentary stasis. Cool. Uh, that brings us to Fox's turn. Well, um, how far away was Minera at? Minera? Mavira? Mavira. For me, currently, where I, where I was running along. Uh, she would be about the same distance as from Savage. So, like, if you take another, like, if you do your double dash thing again, you're within 100 shins of her. But she disappeared. But she's gone, yeah. That's just from where you last saw her. Well, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll just catch up to Jeb then. Okay. Hey, pup. 
Well, um, you, what you took okay? you so long? Yeah, you, uh, you guys made it down the other one. Yeah, we uh, we I had a plan, and it worked. Well, it looks like it worked. Yeah, you're here. Good job. Brings us to Alan Woodrier's turn. Okay, Alan is going to uh, briefly talk to Zothkug. Uh What happened when you stepped down there? Did did you get teleported somewhere? Yes, I saw the cloud and well, um. Oh, the thing we saw earlier in the cavern. Yes, yes. Interesting. Well, I'm going to take a step down and attempt to make my way closer to the dragon. If I see, if I get teleported to where Mavira is, I'll attack her and defend what I need to defend. But I think this is just a one step at a time kind of situation. I'll try to signal what happens when I'm in the same reality as you, I guess. And Alan... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yes. Would it be possible for me to step with Alan? Sure. Your initiative orders are pretty close. Okay. okay. Go ahead. Yeah, let's... Well, I, I say let's step together and see where we, where it takes us. Each yep. of you roll a d12. Okay. What I'm going to clear the tension pool. Eight. Shoot. Uh, do a thing. Seven. Okay. Uh, both of you, as you step forward, step onto cloud. It is sunny here. There are birds chirping pleasantly, flying upside down past you as the sun from beneath you rises up and the light playfully glints off of the sea that stretches over your heads. At the center of the room, well, it's not a room anymore, it's a cloud, but at the center of the cloud is a sigil with this woman laying in it, imprisoned, And as you step in, you see Mavira poof out of existence from wherever you are. She has disappeared. Okay, Alan's first... Alan is going to take whatever left of movement he has, Mm -hmm. try to get to the arcane sigils and try to start using his scimitar to, like, deface them from where they're at. Um, Similar to what had to happen with Garlel. Uh, he's gonna say, uh, he's call. just gonna tell, uh, Zothkug, remember what, remember what we had to do with Garlel, and I, I think we stay on this side and destroy what we can, and then get to the other, and then do what we have to do to, to, to free her and take out Mavira. Does that make sense? Yes. So Zothkug will follow. Okay. So you can take your full move action, which, since you're not fighting this turn, is, is a dash action. That gets you about halfway to the sigil. So oh, this round, okay. that's how much ground you've covered. Um, so you're most of the way there, basically. We cut back into Skull Cavern, where Jeb, Fox, and Savage are all standing together on the stairs. Jeb, you're looking right at the spot where Mavira was, waiting for her to reappear. You've got your time stasis prepared. Unfortunately, she doesn't appear in that spot. So what I need from you is a perception check because you're actively looking for her to reappear and I'm going to oppose it with a stealth check from her. All right, she just needs to be within 60 feet of me, but I get what you're saying. Like, like as long as she hasn't moved that far away. Um, she took a full perception. double dash action, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, if she moves out of 60 feet, then this doesn't even matter, but. Yeah. Um, 17. 17. 
so you do not notice her as she reappears right away. You're still going to trigger okay. your your prepared action, but she's going to use her action first because it is this is her round in initiative order anyway. Um, so she reappears between Savage and Fox with her radiant greatsword. And she spins in a graceful pirouette and tries to slash at both of you to attack you. For Fox, she rolls an 11. And for Savage, she rolls a nat 20. Oh. Gonna roll to confirm. It confirms. So, Savage takes 30 points of damage. Oh, as she, I'm sorry, 40 points of damage, because it's 20 oh. points of radiant damage is the normal attack for this. Um, so you take 40 points of damage as she just cleaves into your shoulder with this great sword. She's going to... Uh, actually, you are going to roll either a strength save or a dexterity save, whichever you're better at, to keep your balance on the stairs and avoid being knocked off and taking some fall damage from being drop down the rest of the way um 18 for dexterity 18 you are able to keep your balance barely as she slashes into you with this thing she's now so close to you that you can smell her breath you can see her teal pupilless eyes as she stares deep into fox's face fox having narrowly jumped over the blade of her radiant great sword as it slashed towards her she readies up and uses her action surge and attacks Fox again. Oh, whoops. That's a 17 to hit Fox. Jesus, uh, that hits. She hits you for 20 points of radiant damage as she slams this radiant greatsword into you. And it is, it is not hard enough to like dislodge you off the steps. But again, she's up close, staring deep into your eyes, and she looks towards you, and she whispers, Don't blink. Fox, make a wisdom save. Bruh. Okay. Who, um, uh, mm, mm, 14? Fox, you hear a familiar voice in the back of your head. No. It tells you no. to attack not Mavira, but Savage. No! <laughs> and that concludes Mavira's turn, which means Jeb's new, uh, Jeb's prepared action stasis triggers. Um, she needs to make a constitution saving throw. Okay. 19 on the die. Plus. No, she she succeeds. Okay. She had to be at a 15. Gotcha. Um, so, like, the time ab- chromatic aberration, like, v- wisps around her, but she, uh, but it doesn't take hold. Um, is As it my th- turn now? Or uh, is it? It's about to be Savage and then you. Okay. But um, as the chromatic aberration and all that stuff kind of circles around her, you see other weird magical stuff happen. Like, a puff of flowers kind of shoots through the air. And then uh, a few raindrops fall as well in the same spot. Uh, and that brings us to Savage, Savage's turn. I'm going to give you 90 seconds because I feel bad because you're new to D&D. And he's getting beat up. <laughs> well, yeah, also <laughs> Oh, that. my gosh. Okay. 
Um, can I do a per, uh, like can I do a, like a perception check to see if Fox is actually kind of out of it right now? Like kind of like see that he's just not to be. <laughs> Fox, you are know, you above or below half your hit points? I'm above. Okay, Fox doesn't look too badly beat up yet. Like he's no, not, not like that. Now I'm talking like, does he seem in the right mind? <laughs> oh yes, he seems fine. <laughs> okay. Um, and is Mavira facing me or is she, is she like... Mavira is facing Fox right now, which means that you're flanking, so oh, you have perfect. advantage if you attack her. So I'm going to go ahead and attack, pull out both my uh, my short swords. Okay. And attack, but then I also have a... Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, for a... Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I read this earlier. Um, you can attack twice whenever you take the attack action on your turn. Yes. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. Okay. Yep, so you attack with both short swords. Okay. Swing, so, swing. So, so be I rolled. So I would roll it t- four times then, right? So I would roll it twice originally, but now I'm attacking twice, right? So. Uh. Yeah, yeah, but yes. both times you um, take like so you roll twice, you take the higher of that. That's that's the one that that you take. Then you roll twice again, take the higher of those two. That's yeah, the one. That gotcha. All right, so I got 18 on the first roll. Hits. Of the best, best of two. Yeah. Cool. And then I got um, 19. Yep, both of those attacks hit. All right, word. And then they're going to go for my D6. At, uh, I rolled that this twice, right? Yes. Okay. Uh because you hit so the her first twice. one is a uh, first one is a seven. Okay. And the next one is an eight. Okay. Did you add your your damage to that? Like, there's a a plus something. It'll be written yeah, that's, on your character. Okay. Great. Yeah, that's yeah. What I added to. You yep. couldn't have rolled a seven or an eight with just a d6. You're right. You're right. That's how math is. <laughs> You're right. Good work. You slash Thanks. into her twice, and you see you've drawn blood with both cuts. Like both of them slash through, like basically her shoulder blades, and leave like these red scratches. Uh, awesome. Now it is Jebediah Peppermint's turn. Um, how far is she from me, and how far is her flying scimitar from me? She is maybe 10 feet from you at the most, because Savage is between you, and her flying scimitar is dancing at the base of the stairs still where she was. Okay, and that's like 90 feet away or something. Yeah, that's, crazy a, like that's that. a long way away. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Um, wow, things keep changing a whole bunch, guys. So I'm going <laughs> to pull out the lodestone, smash it on my chest, cast fly. Um, and I'm going to shoot straight up into the into the air, 35 feet. I mean, sorry, 25 feet. Um, and then Jeb cranks the uh, the blunderbuss barrel, and normally it goes to like a blue because he shoots like this cold out of it. But as he twists it, he like pulls it out of the socket a little bit and twists it some more. And there's that chromatic aberration, and the blue shifts down into red, and he it kind of like focuses in, and he's shoots a firebolt at her just like this piercing that's a 16 plus 7 to hit that's like a 23 yeah, or something like that um, and that does 2d10 fire damage to her that's 7 fire damage to her 7 fire damage uh, okay you hit her with seven fire damage. So, Savage, you slash her twice, and as she's turning around to look at you, from somewhere up above you, like you didn't even notice in your concentration, this just, like, firebolt kind of smashes down onto her and kind of surrounds her shoulders and her head and her back in flame. 
Oh, is it back to me? No, now it is Fox's oh, turn. Okay. I'm just describing what you saw. Fox, it's your turn now. Um, Mavira has not fully turned away from you, so you're not technically flanking. Oh, um... Oh, I guess he's flanking, she's... so for you it doesn't matter. Yeah, because he's next to her, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm next to her. Mm-hmm. Since we're both next to her, yep. we're next to her. Yeah. Very okay. good. <laughs> Yay! All right, all right, all right. But does the familiar voice decide what I do? Yes. The familiar voice gives you orders that you are compelled to follow. And the familiar voice has told you to attack Savage. Damn it. Ass throw dirt. And Savage is next to Mavira. Yep, Savage is on the other side of Mavira from you. So if I move next to Savage... That means another quote-unquote friendly creature is next to Savage. Yes, it does. Or Savage. Uh, uh, okay, I'll uh, I'll pull up my daggers, uh, and I will go for uh, a swipe with the dagger against Savage. Okay, Mavira ducks underneath of your swipe to clear the path for you. Oh. Well, it'd be advantage, right? It because... would be advantage. Oh, no. Oh, okay, okay. This is Savage. Please tell me you have a decent AC because, all right, all right, all right. I rolled a seven on the die. All right, and, and add my modifiers. That's That should be a 10. Does 10 hit? No, it does not. <laughs> Woo! Let's go. All right, Fox. Oh, you can see the struggle in his face as he swings at you. Um, and I'm like looking misses. back at you, just full on eyes open. Like my life is flashing before my eyes. <laughs> what the fuck, bro? Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, what do? <laughs> um, then, uh. Yeah, my stick attack doesn't matter then. Can I do anything else? You don't get a save unless you take damage. No, I like, meant to like to attack him. Oh. Because I feel like I got to take my full ability yeah, to attack, sure. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I can, but if you notice anything, tell me otherwise. I'll let you know if I if I think of anything you missed. I don't think there is besides movement. Um, no. But there's not really any movement available to you on the stairs. So, um, Jeb, you obviously see this happening too. Um, Uh-oh. Let's see, and that brings us to Uh Owlin's turn. Uh Owlin, you you and Zoth are sprinting for the the draconic lady. Yep, the goal is to get there and deface the sigils, like the the symbols of the sigil. And as you take your first step this round, you roll a d12. All right. Seven. A seven. (laughs) You take a step and you are back in Skull Cavern running towards... It's still there. Like, there's still sigils, but this is yeah. a dragon now. A, a gargantuan moonstone dragon. Oh. And the hot wires are attached to the sigils and you're running towards it, and that's all That's all happening. Well, yeah, since Alan's already committed to this course of action, I think he's gonna stick with it. You do the full dash and make it yeah. this round, but don't have any attacks. Unless, I guess, if you okay. have a bonus action, you can do. 
Uh, I do. I can scimitar of speed bonus action attack. There you Ooh. go. There it is. Do I have to roll anything for it, or is it just like you take the time to try to scratch out this symbol? Uh, you get to roll a constitution save. Oh, what? Okay. That's lame, Josh. 23. <laughs> 23. Okay. Uh, you are able to complete your attack, but you hit like significant resistance as you're attacking the sigil. Interesting. And it's like, it's only because the scimitar is so fast and you are so strong that you're able to actually <laughs> hit it. Um, okay. And you are able to get down there, deal some damage. How much damage do you do? How much damage? Damage? Let us see. Mm-hmm. Eight damage. Eight damage. Uh, you hit it and sparks fly, but you don't actually, again, this just like the last one, this is carved into the crystalline floor, so it's going to take more than, you know, one hit to yep. actually deface it. But sparks fly up, and you can tell that it is working similarly to how the last one did. Okay. Um, that brings us to Mavira's turn. Mavira, who is no longer concerned about Fox, is going to turn away from Fox, and she's going to... She's going to make a dex or an um, athletics check with a DC of 15. She rolled a 15 on the die, so she definitely passed it to leap into the air and use Fox as a springboard to leap towards Jeb, who <laughs> used Firebolt on her. I am going to use my reaction mm-hmm. to do a chronal shift and force her to re-roll that. She rolls a 12 on the die plus her strength of nine. Uh, oh, dang. It. Oh, no, wait, that's her save. Her strength is plus five. Twelve plus five. It's still more than 15, though. So um, she she makes the jump and rushes towards you and rolls to attack with her greatsword. 25 feet? Wow. Two on the die plus her attack mod. Well, what's your AC? Because there, I don't know that this is possible. Um... Uh, my AC is, is currently 12. Yeah, her to hit is plus 6. So that's an 8 total to attack you. So she leaps towards you, and even though you try chronal shift, you're, like, able to still kind of just, like, you know, you're up a little higher than she expected, or you swerve backwards a little bit, or some in some way you oh, maneuver man. past her. But her sneering face is so close that it, like, really gives you, like, you kind of, your heart skips a beat a little bit as the sword whoosh, whiffs right past you. She then begins making the fall towards the ground underneath her because she's just leapt off the staircase to attack you. She is going to roll an acrobatics with a DC of 18 to have the fall damage. She rolled a 10 on the die plus her acrobatics is a plus 9. That's a ah. 19. She she rolled it. Um, so she takes half damage from all that falling. One, two, three, four, five, sixty-six. Uh, oh, some of those you can't see. Sorry, chat. I they're they're all in here. Uh, we got five plus four is you. nine. Plus three is twelve. Plus six is eighteen. Plus three is twenty-one. Plus five is twenty-six. She takes twenty-six points of fall damage as she Have. lands in what's honestly a pretty graceful roll on the ground, all things considered. But it's still like, you know, it knocks the great sword from her hand just right next to her, and she like has to kind of take a second. She lands prone. So she'll have to take half her move speed the next round to pick herself up. Of course, we also need to consider 
that uh, she's just moved on the ground of Skull Cavern, so she's gonna roll a d12. And I'm gonna roll it one off camera because my dice tower is full. It's she, intense, guys. She vanishes as she hits the ground. Oh. Um, which brings us to Zoth Kug's turn. Zoth, Alan took one step towards the sigil and disappeared just as behind you you hear an abnormally loud thud and kind of like a grunt and you look backwards and Mavira has landed not near you she's about a hundred your full dash behind you about 120 feet back um but she is at the base of the steps or where they would be and has she's kind of picking herself up you say yes 120 feet I say (laughs) (laughs) well that's a very specific number that just happens to be the range of Guiding Bolt. Ooh, does <laughs> it now? It does. Um, I'm going to cast it at 4th level. That's going to be really guided. <laughs> so much guidance was employed on this bolt. Uh, That's I mean, insane. A, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> first I have to roll to hit. Hopefully it hits. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, I got you. Big sad. It won't hit. That will be a uh, a 10. No, it does not hit. It oh. soars over her head because she doesn't stand up. You expected her to like leap back up into her ready stance, but she doesn't. Um, she takes a second to kind of like rest on the ground. And you realize looking at her that she's pretty significantly bloodied and hurt at this point. Um, let me see. I don't think I have anything I can do on my bonus action then. Um, no. Okay, so then I will move towards the sigils like Alan did. All right, roll a d12. Oh, there we go. Uh, six. A six. (laughs) I've been so so ready for a six all night. What's special about a six? Silence. You take one step forward and you find yourself in an... It's almost like the clouds that were at your feet have raised up to surround you, a strange white mist in all directions. You find yourself... You're half in... You can sort of see the topography of Skull Cavern and overlaid on it, you can sort of see the cloud that you were standing on, but mostly what you see is away in the distance, maybe six or 700 shins from you, you can see a huge gray ocean lapping at the shore of this white sort of void that you stand in. And in front of you, where the... Um, alternatingly sort of moon-like lady or the moonstone dragon has been in front of you there is a pulsing violet amulet sitting at the center of the sigil with arcane streaks basically kind of thrown through it and the pulsing even as you're watching the pulsing gets dimmer and dimmer it's your your you have your full move action, so you can reach the edge of this sigil in this turn. I will head towards the sigil then. You head towards the sigil, and when you make it to the edge of that area, that's your full dash action. But you can still, if you want to do some observation or whatever, like if you want to roll yeah. a couple of those types of skills, you can soft skills, if you will. 
Yes, I would uh, like to roll um, either Perception or Arcana to figure out, or I guess Arcana to figure out, like, what this is and magic-y stuff sure. about it. That is a 16. 16. You identify a couple things. First, you are in the border ethereal. You are in the place where the ethereal plane sort of meets with the material plane. Mm-hmm. Second, the thing you're looking at is what's called a soul crystal. And all gemstone dragons have a soul crystal that anchors their magic to whatever plane of existence they're on. And this one you're watching has actually been impaled by some other sort of magic. And that magic has sort of woven its way in. And that's why the light is getting dimmer and dimmer. And you know, just from your understanding of this sort of thing, that if it's left unchecked, even if you rescue the dragon the poison will remain like this. This arcane thing has made it into the being of the dragon. It's no longer an external trap. It's now more like an internal poison. And you, in the past, the way something like this would be healed would be similar to a very extreme curse in that you would take it to a temple and there would be a ritual and many clerics would contribute and it would take divine energy to undo this kind of arcane corruption. Unfortunately, you don't have a whole lot of divine energy available to you right now. You're not sure of any alternative solutions at this moment in time, but that's what you're able to learn about it. Thus, we conclude Zothkug's turn, and we hop back to Savage Tempest. Savage Tempest, you are on the stairs. You're about, you know, a third of the way up the stairs from the base of the cavern. Mavira has just leapt off of you towards Jeb to attack him and so she is now the whole way at the base of the stairs she is not next to you um and as far as you can tell jeb has not you know repositioned or begun a new attack he's still kind of suspended in the air where he was is mavira still in the uh the other plane the yes she you're right she landed and went into the um the other place the, the cloudy place um however you also have fox who's two steps above you who recently attacked you with daggers. And it's your turn. Alright, another question. Is this voice in Fox's quote-unquote, is this something that lasts or is that, like, it? You don't know. Oh, God. Um... You don't know there's a voice in his head. He just attacked you. Okay, yeah, I know. I'm gonna go... Like, what the... What the heck, man? Why'd you swing that at me? And then, Um, I mean, I'm gonna freak out on him. Hmm. Um, but the first thing I'm gonna do is kind of like i guess i want to back up but i want to pull out that healing potion that he gave me earlier at the beginning and okay. just chug it it is a potion of superior healing you recover Ooh. 8d4 plus 8 hit points 8d4 see you guys next stream while we wait for 8d4 to be rolled and added up because that's how D <laughs> math works <laughs> Math rocks to the rescue. (laughs) Roll 200 D2s. And then whatever that is, plus eight, right? Yes. Word. I got 30. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) That saved me. I want that. Um, (laughs) Can I do anything else now? 
uh, yeah, so that's an action. You can still move. So like, if okay, you wanted to I'm run, going you to could literally using my sh long strider. I'm literally just gonna. I'm gonna. You know what? No, I'm gonna run down to the bottom of the steps. Or I'm just gonna run as fast as I can as far away from Fox. Like I'm just gonna get away from Fox because now I don't trust him at at all, and I don't. I don't and I'm a little caught off guard by what, what's happening. Okay. So it's basically put me the farthest spot I can away. Yep. Be, I can be away from Fox. You make it most of the way down the steps. You are close enough now that if you leapt off the steps, you would not take any damage from the fall. Um, so like right at the base of the stairs, basically, but not quite on the ground yet. Um, mm -hmm. And that will conclude Savage's turn and bring us to Jebediah Peppermint. Oh, I'm mad. I'm mad, boys. I'm mad. <laughs> I am going to fly up another 25 feet. Well, I'm going to fly out towards where the dragon is. And I want to, I want to stay about 60 feet away from where uh, where Mavira might come back. Okay. Uh, so you're moving towards the dragon, but you're still trying to stay like airborne, basically away from the dragon. Right. As you yeah, do like, that. I went 25 feet above the steps, but I don't know how far like below that to the ground level it is. So it's yeah, like, of course, I just kind of want to go out. Yep. So you go out and as you move towards the center of Skull Cavern, you get a better glimpse than anyone has had so far of the ocean above you. And looking up into the ocean above you, you can see an A2 a winged creature, humanoid, suspended in the water with mm. another arcane sigil lancing through her body, just like the one that is um, that is lancing through the dragon at your feet. This one, however, is not anchored to the ground. Instead, a pike has been driven through her wings, and the sigil is like anchored onto that and is surrounding her, like her torso or her midriff or whatever. And um, you recognize her from probably something you saw in Garlow's library or something Zoth said or whatever, mm -hmm. but this is Larodith, the avatar of Awara. Um, she is suspended in an air bubble that is appears to be functioning off of the magic being siphoned out of her. So if you were to end her siphon, the water would collapse in upon her and the pressure would all, would all hit her weakened body. Okay. Okay, DM. And Jeb kind of shakes his fist at the DM a little bit. <laughs> I raise the tears of my players to you. Okay. 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 Um, how far away is that? Uh, it's like the dead center of the ocean. So you've got about 500 shins maybe from where you are to the top of Skull Cavern. And then maybe another 250 to 300 shins to where she is suspended in the water. So uh, to make it easy, let's call it 750 shins. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we need to take care of Miss Sassy Pants first. Um, and I am going to get into position and I'm going to cast Mage Armor on myself, and this uh, chromatic, like, hexagonal tessellation just goes around Jeb. Like the Iron Man um, armor, where it, like, like crawls over him? That's so cool. Uh -huh. It's just like... Yep. And uh, 
Yeah, so I am doing that. And I am waiting for Miss Sassy Pants to come back because I may have, I may, may or may not, I'm going to say this out to Savage, I'm waiting for her to come back because I may or may not have a lightning bolt for her face or a hundred foot drop for her head. One of the two. Who knows? Depends on how sassy I'm feeling. (laughs) Uh, And that concludes Jeb's turn and brings us to Fox. Uh, Okay. Uh... (laughs) Ooh, all right. Uh... <sighs> okay. Brain is processing. Whatever he does is disadvantage because his pants full of donuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was clear that it was just to the level of being successfully encumbered, not over encumbered. <laughs> all right. I'm going to, uh, how far is Savage away from me? Savage no. is, uh, he took the dash action, so he's 80, 80 shins from you, because I think his move speed's 40. And he's still the closest. He, he or Jeb is the closest, but Jeb is up in space, and Savage is close, like, on the ground. I cannot go up in space. Yeah. So, alright, oh, I'm gonna put my dagger away and pull out Shadow Walker. I thirst for battle. Hell, Shadow I just, we can just get rid of him. We can we save can do her. It. We can save her, alright? And I, and I, <laughs> I run towards Savage. Shadow Walker materializes into the blade of the rapier you know so well. Oh no. And I'm going to uh, just chuck it at Savage as I run. I fly. And it rolling. launches towards Savage. Roll my attack and wait. Is it? Is it? Would you consider it dark down here? Yes. That's advantage, baby. I say baby like it's a good thing. It's not. I know because I have dark vision. Though is that still an advantage? Yeah. Yeah. No. It's just do with this magic sword thingy that has consciousness. You know. You know how it is. Magic sword consciousness. You know, know how sentient how swords is. be. So it was high on life, the game. And how far away was he? <laughs> About 80 feet before you ran okay, towards him. Okay, so I move 30 feet. Yeah. Then chuck it. It's still at my extended range. You're throwing is, it 50 feet? <laughs> which is disadvantage, right? Yeah, so that would just be negated by your advantage. Okay, right? then I, I rolled a 7 originally. Plus my attack... So that is, I am sorry, I'm doing math. Uh, I, I think if I'm doing the math right, that's that's 13. There's a 13 you don't hit, hit. Savage. Nope. I fly. Your aim is terrible. <laughs> as the sword like flies off into the distance. Um, of course, it will reappear um, at your side next round. Um, but... I'm going to take the bonus action to move even closer. Okay. After uh, the fact, after I miss. It's yep. an afterthought. Okay. Yeah, so you're able to pretty much close the distance. You've got like 20 feet to go to yeah. get to get to him. Uh, that concludes Fox's turn and brings us to Alan Woodrear. Alan Woodrear, you are in the material plane, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, attacking the sigil with the dragon. Are you yep. moving or only attacking? Um, He's attacking, but I think the one thing I'd like to say is he's keeping his eye out for if like... If Mavira shows up, he wants to, like, be ready to attack. I don't know if that means anything in the actual action economy of D&D, but he's just going to keep attacking the sigil. Okay. 
Do I need to roll anything to hit or just damage? Uh, roll the same constitution save that you rolled oh, yeah. before I to forgot. get through the sort of just wave of magical heat. 24. 24, yep. Again, you are you are stronger than, you know, <laughs> stronger than whatever is against you. Uh, you. So I, get, I have three attacks. Okay. Do you want me to roll damage for him? Yes. Okay. Go, Alan, go. Go, Alan, go. Um... 8 plus 15 is 23. That's the total damage. 23, 23 total damage. With and a, it's a magical scimitar. I don't know if that makes any difference. With a swish, swing, swish, you slash into it, and on the last hit, you feel something finally give way as you carve a deep gouge across the rune, and one chunk of the rune goes out. And yes. as it does, you make a dexterity save. I would have preferred Constitution. Uh, uh, 16, though. 16. You successfully leap out of the way as a huge chunk of crystal stalactite falls from the oh. ceiling and impales the ground right where you were. It's still standing there, big enough that you could cower mm. behind it even at your full size. Um, this huge chunk that fell towards you and landed where the Arcane Sigil was. You roll Dang. a d12 because you moved. Ah. Eleven. Eleven. You remain where you are. So you okay. land, you're still right next to you're not like far away again. You know, you're still next to the sigil. You're I'm just gonna use the, somewhere the rest else in the of my the rest of my movement speed to get to the next rune and then so I can start hacking next turn. Yep. So you get to the next like kind of segment of the circle so that you can begin attacking it. Yep. Um, that brings us to Mavira's turn. Mavira, who is in the the cloudy plane cloudy place. She is somewhere where none of you can see her, so you don't get to know what she does. But I am going to make some rolls on her behalf. Okay. And then it brings us to Zothkug's turn. Zoth, the silence and stillness of the ethereal, the border ethereal surrounds you. What do you do? Um, does this one have runes around it, or is it just the crystal that looks It's the infected? crystal, and it's not runes. It's like actual lines of magic, like a guiding bolt that was suspended in space Ooh. that kind of draw the circle and lance into the, into the thing. Can I... Okay, this is going to be weird. I like weird. Um, I want to try and touch the crystal. Uh, like place my hands on it. Okay. Are you um, trying to do anything else or is it like just to see if that hurts you? Well, I'll see if it hurts me first. Uh, well, some stuff uh, happens at that moment. So what okay. else are you trying to do so I can figure out how it affects you? I was going to try casting aid on it or like healing it, putting some healing magic into it or cure wounds. Okay. Um, I'll do cure wounds actually. Okay. So you reach out to touch the crystal and just as your hand makes contact with the crystal several things happen at once the first thing is that you roll a constitution save okay that's an 18 okay the magic that is impaling the crystal lances out of the soul it's still in there but it extends out of the soul crystal and into your palm and begins attempting to work its way up your arm you like basically batten down and focus your mind and you're able to hold it there at your palm you have now entered a sort of tug of war with the magic and if you are able to 
use your magic to press this magic out, then you will be able to cleanse the soul crystal of the poison that's in it. That's just the mechanic that's at play here. Each okay. round, you'll have a chance to do that. The level of spell you cast will matter, and then there will be a roll of your spell modifier. Um, okay. So whatever is is used for your spell save, there will be a roll of that, and that will be contested by what I'm calling the Arcane Corruption DC, but it's just a number that is determined on how long the poison has been lancing through the soul crystal and stuff like that. So okay. it'll be contested by the same number every time, but you don't know that DC yet. So okay. this round, um, you can make one of those. You you had told me the magic. It was Cure Wounds? Wounds. It was going to be a first level. Okay, a first level spell. So roll your, I think, Wisdom for a Cleric. Is that right? Yes. Okay, so, so roll your Wisdom yeah. and add one to it. Uh, okay. Do I add my Wisdom mod or just is it just a Wisdom roll? Uh, add your wisdom mod. Those are okay. the same things. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, Twelve on the die. Wisdom mod is plus five, so seventeen. And then you said plus one. Yes. Okay. Eighteen. Okay. You press in on this this force, and at first you feel like it's about to move, and then all of a sudden it's almost like something slips, like when you're holding something tightly and one of your fingers gives way, and you feel it kind of push just a little bit further up your arm, working its way towards your shoulder. You get the, you get the sense that if this happens five times, it would be really bad for you. Okay. Uh, and then your turn concludes, and we pick up with Savage Tempest. All right. <laughs> so my focus is still on Fox at the moment. Um, I'm a little fed up at this point. Savage is like clearly huffing, like really upset, but can tell that Fox is not in his right mind because why would he be attacking him? Um, because I already know something's going on. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go ahead and pull out my uh, my rope. <laughs> So I'm basically going to just jump. I'm basically going to jump at this man and tie him up. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to basically just like lasso him and tie him to the ground so he stops moving and he's not a threat. Okay, that is my action. Okay, yippee ki yay. So if he tries to get away, I'm using my opportunity attack to bring him back. And this do it requires again. <laughs> what's called a grapple check. So this All means right. that you, as the grappler, can use um, strength or dexterity as the modifier to your role to engage him in grapple. Um, and if you are trained in athletics or acrobatics, you can use that skill instead, but you have to be trained, which means that on D and D beyond, you'll actually see like the little dot next to it that says you're right. good at this one. Um, yep. and Fox, you can roll athletics or acrobatics if you're trained or strength or dexterity to avoid his grapple engagement. Once you have grappled him, then we'll make another roll for you to tie him up. Chat right. says fox wrangling. That's exactly what this is. <laughs> All right. Um, I got a 20. <clears throat> I got an 18. I, I failed. I... Okay. <laughs> Savage, you were able to successfully grapple him. Now I would like you to make a slate of hand check opposed by Fox's acrobatics check. This is to tie the rope while Fox do be struggling. Oh, 25. 
Oh. I on. can't even beat that. Get the f come out on. of here. Come on. <laughs> no, I, I'm not going to. I, the highest I can get is a 23. So. You can nat 20. <laughs> Yeehaw! Let's go. Yeah, I could nat 20. I did not nat 20. All right. So <laughs> you leap onto Fox as he. Fox is running headlong down the stairs towards you as fast as he can. He's thrown his sword, so he's like barehanded running towards you. And you like take a crouch on the stairs and you just kind of meet him as he gets to you, flip him over yourself and pin him to the steps, wrap a rope around him in like expert fashion and tie it in like a little bow. It's probably not a bow. It's a real knot, but you tie him up in some fashion. You don't understand. Um, You don't understand. At that point. Um, yeah, I guess I'm, I I guess I can just take a seat on his back and look up at Jeb and just kind of give him a nod. (laughs) Okay. She's just kind of like, you know, just kind of breathe, just breathe for a second. <laughs> give him a, give him a pop in the face. The well, he can do that next turn. He's done two yeah, options. Yeah, this embarrassment will do. Uh, that brings us to. <laughs> I literally hogtied the man. <laughs> uh, it's Jeb's turn next. Okay. No Mavira yet. No Mavira yet. Um. <clears throat> Dang it! And if I hold my action. She's going to do some crazy thing, and then I'm going to end up missing again. Uh, Savage, I point down towards Mavira, like where she was. I was like, you you got her? You pew pew got her? Like, you kill her? You can take care of her? Yep, yep, I, I can handle that. I can, I, I can do the pew pew, and if that's what you mean. Okay, flying up. Okay, uh, you fly up towards the ceiling. Yep. Um, you're gonna. You're probably not gonna enter spell range. I'm guessing this turn, right? If you're about 500 chins away, or can you make that? Um. Well, I mean, my my turn's already up, so I'm I'm just double move okay. for the time being. Yep, double move towards the ceiling. Um, in the next turn, if you take that like double move again, you could be touching the ceiling. So I'll put you 300 chins from the suspended avatar. Um, that's gonna bring us around to. Fox. I'm only moving 50, 50 feet around. Oh, sorry. I think I was giving you quad moves instead of double moves. So you're two or three rounds away yet um, yeah. from touching the ceiling. You're a while away. Yeah. Uh, okay, Fox, it is your turn. 30 seconds on the screen. Okay, I haven't been bopped yet. No. All right, I'm going to try to use, uh, I guess, sleight of hand to wiggle my way out. Okay. The ropes. Yep, go ahead and roll sleight of hand. Savage is now, no longer grappling you, so he doesn't get to oppose you. It's just based I, on... Is me sitting on him doing anything? Because that's what I did say. Yeah, but it's not. that's not a like an engaged grapple. Oh, okay, that's okay. something where, like, you know, if he bucks hard enough, he'll just fling you off. Oh. 14. 14. Uh, that is not enough. Did, yeah, well, didn't he tie it with a 25? Yeah. I try. <laughs> yeah. And if he can't roll that, that means like he can't bring that out. Like, I, break yeah, out, right? I think you're right. <laughs> you're exactly right. His only hope is a natural 20. Yeah. If he not 20s it, I would, I would give him the escape. Um, I tried. I, I don't know. Can I, can I, I can't, I can't play an instrument. I can't, yeah. I can't do anything. <laughs> Uh, okay, and that brings us to Owlin's turn. Owlin, you're attacking a rune. Keep on striking those runes. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Duh. I, hold on. Oh, gosh, this is the constitution I fail. Nine. Okay, 
So you attack it, but now like your arm's getting a little tired from having to constantly dig through this magic barrier thing. Um, it doesn't like harm you. It's just that you can't get to the sigil. Like it's almost like mm. there's like waves of force pushing up from it, and your sword can't quite cut through them. So none of my three attacks hit. None of them attack. None Dang. of them hit. Okay. Uh, that brings us to Mavira's turn. Ooh. Zothkug. Oh, no. You're standing there with your arms stretched out. You're having this arcane fight. And next to you, you feel a tap on your shoulder. You look over. Mavira is standing right there. She says, how's it going? And then she just rears back and takes that great sword and attacks you with it. Um, She has advantage because you are stuck to the crystal at the moment. Holy cow, this is how Zothkug dies, I think. That's insane. One of them was a 1, the other one is a 6, plus 6 is 12. What's your AC? 16. 16. There's so much magical energy in play that the first attack, she's like, it doesn't hit you. I doubt. The second one is a... Sorry, I can tell if it's a 13 or an 18. It's a 13. So the second one is a, a 19 to hit. Dang, that hits. Okay, the 19 hits you for 20 points of damage. Oh. Roll a concentration check to not lose another bit of space to the arcane corruption. Uh, that's constitution, right? Yeah. Is it a save? Well, a save, or, it doesn't matter. Either. Yeah. Uh, you can add a d4 to that from your bond, right? Does Alan count as being within 30 feet of me? Yeah, he's within 30 feet of you. I can add a d4 to that then. You've oh, also I should got have been added that to my chat. constitution. Chad just gave Dang you it. advantage. DA, thank you, Chad. Wow, I rolled Billy coming in with the save. I think you said I he rolled, rolled the same. I did. Um, I will add the d4. Okay. Uh, I'll have that some is more of your four, tears. So that's going to be 18. 18, you succeed on the constitution check and you do not lose any ground despite having just been hit for 20 points of radiant damage. Can't be hit for that again, though. Um, well, Mavira missed her first attack. That's her, that's her turn, unless she uses another action surge. But she, she does not choose to use an action surge on you. But she's still here. Uh, she is still here. She's right next to you. That um, is not good. And we cut back from Mavira to Zothkug. It's Zoth's turn here in the stillness. Well, I guess I just have to pump more magic into this. Chat has cast another minor hex on Mavira. Yay. Uh, okay, so you're going to shoot some magic at it. Tell me what magic you're using. Uh, can I use my uh, channel divinity? Um, I think so. Let me read the description really quick just so I can figure out what bonus that would work into. <laughs> uh, channel divinity you can use it twice between rests so I'm going to give you plus two okay cool uh, and then wisdom um, can I use the advantage that the rod gives me once yes oh good call ooh that's a little better. Uh, 17 plus 2 is a 19. You feel um, like a satisfying sort of tension in your muscles 
as you push the arcane energy back, uh, it is it is now at your palm again, and um, the next time you do this, you will be pushing into the crystal and starting to actually purify the soul crystal. Um, the, that brings us to Savage Tempest. Someone needs to get it here. <laughs> um. Now Jeb is going straight up, right? Yeah, Jeb is going straight up. And Alan is with Zoth. Is that no. no? No, Alan is down at the dragon. So you can see you are about. Um, oh, I'm. Oh, uh, Alan's with us in the same room. Yeah, you're like a yeah. quarter of the oh way my up gosh, the stairs. I didn't know that. You're like a quarter of the way was... up the stairs, maybe a little less. You're close to the ground. Above you, Jebediah is flying straight up towards the ceiling. Literally beneath you, Fox is tied up. And then uh, at the center of the room where the dragon is imprisoned in the sigil, Alan is next to it uh, trying to attack the sigil with his sword. Chat has granted a boon. What you doing, Savage? We'll get to the boon in a second. Um. Well, I mean, now that Alan is in the room, it kind of changes things up. I'm going to go ahead and like look at Alan. No, you know what? I'm going to, where's my do? Actually, I'm going to cast a spell. Okay. Um, I'm going to cast spike growth to the point. It makes like a donut around the room so that Alan's not in it and he can continue on doing his thing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm going to do that for now. Um, well, spike growth, yes. spike growth, yeah. I don't think spike growth would fill the whole cavern. Oh, um, okay. Let me it should see. give you a range. Yeah, it should tell Yeah, it's you. only 20. It's about 20 feet, 20 foot radius. Okay, so you can pick like a spot. Like you could surround Alan with a donut so no one can get to him. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Sure. I'm going to surround Alan with the um, spike growth there. And then I was as I was told by Jeb to, to watch for Mavir, so I'm going to just pull out my playing card set and start playing some solitaire while I'm still sitting sitting on top of the pot. I'm going to offer Fox if he wants to play like go fish or something and then see that his hands are tied up and get, Oh yeah. And then go back to what I'm doing. Wait, so are you seriously (laughs) playing cards? I swear. Like I'm like, I brought out the, like I brought out the playing cards. All right. (laughs) While I'm Uh, waiting, this man brought out the playing cards. Um, That brings us to (laughs) Jeb's turn. Jeb still moving upwards. Did you want to resolve the boon? Uh, sure. Let's resolve the boon. Jeb, as you're moving upwards, you feel some kind of strange connection. It starts at your little fingertips, your little mole claw tips. And for just around, you feel like the real weave the way it's supposed to be. And it latches on to the rod that you have and propels you upwards and you cover the rest of the distance to the ceiling in this round at breakneck terrifying speed but and then and then just in that instant it's gone again it's almost as so, if something is messing with whatever is suppressing magic in this moment like maybe some creature is pushing back against it and little bits of of the weave are bleeding through okay we in his in his Jeb's mind He's he's flashing back to when we fell down a mile at breakneck speed, and he's now falling up at breakneck speed. But yeah, unpacking that later because that's <laughs> that's significant. We'll put that, that with the donuts here in the inventory. Yeah. 
The emotional backpack. And then you <laughs> said... donuts. You said it was 200 feet, or 250 feet through the ocean to where this yes. figure is. All right. Um... Jeb closes his eyes as he's like flying forward and thinks back to a time back home where he was playing with Violet and uh and they were playing Magic Tunnel. Digging where she would she would dig a hole out in the wall and he would try to to find where she is. And as this connection to the to the weave happens, uh, he supermans his claws, like his hands out in front, and with his claws he pierces the fabric of reality and sh- pulls it apart. And I'm going to cast Magic Tunnel, um, which is going to teleport him 250 feet directly into the air bubble with Laodith. Nice. You are next to Lerodith, who is sort of revolving gently um, in the in the water. Like, it's an air bubble, and she is suspended in it. So she's just kind of spinning in place. It's not like the water is actually affecting her. Right. Um, and chat blesses off with a D4 he can add to something in the future. And uh, now that you Yay. are next to her, you can see that she has taken significant damage. She's far beyond bloodied um, and she's got these great gashes down like her body that basically she's been attacked by something that like has some sort of flail type attack um, she is illuminated by a single slice of light shift, um, shooting down through the umbral sea where those two large steel doors didn't quite close at the center that slice of light is what's illuminating the space where you are and she is just kind of resting on her back suspended there in space spinning in a circle the sigil that imprisons her again is impaled through her wings on a pike and then the magic kind of spirals off of that to hold her in place and then off of the pike on both ends there are little caps that are attached to hot wires that stretch out into the water all of this you take in in a breath in an instant as you appear there having cast Magic Tunnel and then you look up and you find yourself staring into the eyes of not one but two Aboleths. And on that note, tonight's Dungeons & Dragons session Ooh. comes to a close.